And we're live. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I have, it's been a, it's been a busy week. I got a new mic, literally just came today. I've been playing around with it. My guest, Zach, is looking at starting his own podcast, which is pretty exciting too. So we've been talking tech for the last uh, few minutes here before I went live. And Zach is a repeat guest. He is the owner and creator of Native Sense and also one of the original guys that created Bucks of America. I've just kept on keeping on the legacy of the clothing brand. We started so many years back and it's been going good where we just crossed 170 episodes and we have no end in sight. So it's pretty exciting here. Once we hit the 200th episode, we'll have the original guest Cody Near back on because, you know, why not show the continue showing the success of the Bucks of America brand. So I want to say thank you for all the listeners that have tuned in and been loyal and uh, buying our merch over the years. We greatly appreciate it. But uh, man, Zach, how you been? <laughs> Busy as ever, man. Busy yeah. as ever. I finally got away from that graveyard shift building combat ships for the Navy. And I got a new gig. I can yeah. play around, tinker around. Just It's just a fabulous little gig. I feel like I got an old man retirement gig. <laughs> And uh, didn't lose a dime. That was the best swap I've ever made. And now I'm able to coach T-Bogging Tow. Got my jersey on. Go Marlins. Nice. So we, we're, we're, uh, we've lost two games this year. We got one more game left uh, Friday. Then we'll pick for All-Stars. We won our game tonight, 21-13. Every single game this year so far, my boys have broke 20 points in a game. Except nice. two. Okay. And since the last time you were on, you had another blessing. You had a daughter. Yes. Dude, has it been that long? Yeah. It's been that long. She's three now. Has it been that long? Or maybe maybe she was, maybe the last time you were on, she was the one. She may have just been born. Yeah. Yeah. She She might have been a newborn. Dude, I tell you what, these last 170 episodes have been a blur. My days, like I'm planning my rotation for this upcoming fall. So, you know, that's, that's where my mind's at right now. Yeah, I know exactly where you're at, man. Deer pee keeps me so busy during hunting season. I might get to go. It's like a curse, but a blessing at the same time. We get so busy in deer, in deer season. My dog trying to sneak in. Yeah. We get so busy trying, you know, trying to get product out to people and we're shipping and we're, packaging we're bottling we're marketing we're trying to get every free moment we can to spend it in the woods and it's like you're, you rush 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 and then you get hammered with orders can you hear that yes i can hear one of the kids i think they're in the tub hold on <laughs> well he's off there please go drop a like and subscribe to uh his youtube channel along with bucks of america and go like our and follow the Instagram for Bucks of America. And we also have a TikTok as well, so you can find some of the short clips there as well. Plus the yeah. uh, 3D archery shoots that are coming up too. Man, TikTok has been a, uh, a kind of a game changer when it comes down to into like developing a small business because they allow the, they release your video, release your content out to a small group. Mine usually peaks about 250. And if it hits, it skyrockets or it'll hit 250 and it'll stop and it'll just kind of remain stagnant. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I've got one. It's called the Deer P Guy or at Deer P Guy. Yes. And uh, it, it does pretty fair. We've got, I don't know, 18,000 likes or something like that. It's nothing, nothing huge. 
we don't put a lot of content on it, but it's because we stay, I stay so busy. I'm a, I'm more or less a one man band in all of this. Yeah. With two kids, coach T-ball now, working full time, deer season rolls through. I'm killing myself, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Like I got to go hunting six times. I got to spend six days in the woods this past season because I get so busy. Like I said, it's a curse, but it's a blessing because it gives me something that I enjoy. I, I actually, I absolutely have a passion in it. I love getting a quality product to people. And if I, if that means me sacrificing a few days in the woods where I'm going to be just sitting there killing time anyway, then it's worth it to me. But TikTok has been pretty good. Pretty cool. I've been doing some lives on there and uh, I've made a few new customers on there. I made one in Indiana and one in Massachusetts that's uh, they come on my live and were asking me how to make mock scrapes and stuff. And I walked them through the whole like stretch and they both killed deer on them. Like their first sits. Yeah. Their first sits on mock scrapes that I told them how to make first ever mock scrapes made. They both killed deer on them first sits. And I was like, that, that does not happen every time. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the norm. Do not expect this every time. No, and that happens a lot. People are like, man, this stuff is just awesome. I was first year ever, like, never used to be before, and he walked right to it. And I'm like, it don't always happen that way. I <laughs> yeah. promise you. Please do not hold me to that standard. Oh, yeah. When I tell people to listen to, there's two podcasts that I have on here that are two deer, P, or two deer experts when it comes down to the nasal cavity. It's you and Brian Sparks. I mean, both you guys have a phd background in this level of uh intricacy and unlocking the nose of a white-tailed deer and brian is actually a chemist he, he went to school for it he can he programs all of his, his sense stuff with that but when it comes down to like actually going depth in depth of the whole navel cavity cavity i talk i tell him to go check out this podcast with zach near with not zach, zach new with the native send podcast and you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot of stuff that is going to really unlock your mind and really strategize to go from it. And so it's like, it's one of my top ones I recommend people to go to just because of the amount of value that's in there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely neat. dude. I have learned so much along this journey of what works, what doesn't work, the best way to try to make something work. And there's, there's so many, I don't even know if it's a word, but I'm going to use it. There's so many varsities. There's so much crap out there that's just, it's almost mythological. It's just, it's garbage information. And people will hang on to it, root and stem, knowing that it's not going to work. And then every time you try to give them solid advice on what will work, they're like, it just don't work. And I think the industry has come so far because there's so many products out there that people push that are just gimmicks. And it makes it really tough for solid companies. Makes it tough. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've seen a couple of different ones. Like they, they've developed their own form of remote sensi for reduce, releasing their product. I don't know if it works or not, but you don't really see a whole lot of big bucks sitting right next to them. I think it's just something like how it produces the pheromones, how it sends it off. I think it, it can right. create a harsh smell. And you've told me in our, our previous conversation that they know they're not dumb. And I even, t- no. I, I even adopted the strategy of about just buying just regular deer urine. Don't, not even dough and estrus, but regular dough urine. And this way it kind of creates that, that ability to create a ticker this way. When, the, when you're going out to your, your 
check your trail cams if you st- if you don't if you haven't upgraded to a to a uh, cellular camera. You can just drop a little bit there, and it's like it just it kind of keeps the buck kind of going through your area and kind of keep them in that in that uh, in that hot zone. So this way you can set up on them just right. Right. I mean, one of the biggest sellers that I have is a non-estrous dopey. Mm-hmm. It's just non-estrous. It's just an everyday old doe. And I generate and create my mock scrapes with it every summer. I just spray some non-estrous dopey in limbs and on the ground. And by the time archery season comes in, the deer have t- taking those things over for me and turned them into community scrapes. But I started it with non-estrous doe urine. I mean, they've smelled so much doe and estrus by the time the rut gets there. If you don't have a fresh doe and estrus, they've already smelled estrus urine for weeks. They know what is fresh and they know what is old. That deer knows by the smell how recent that activity has been. Yes. 100 Mm percent when that deer walks across that trail it could have been a coyote came across through there that morning at daylight in that afternoon those deer are going to walk all around that area because that smell is still there but it's so old but if that coyote crossed there 30 minutes prior they're going to be alert it's going to be a stronger scent they know Mm -hmm. it they know everything everything that's their living room they know every smell Oh, 100%, man. So how's Haley doing with everything, with you balancing everything out? Because, I mean, you have a lot of hats on between a husband, father, coach, and a business owner, and an employee. Yeah. (laughs) She has been a saving grace in all of it. All of it. She, uh, I think sometimes it gets on her nerves. (laughs) Because I'm so busy, and I don't get to help with a lot of stuff sometimes, but. I've been able to slow down a lot lately. Uh, over the last, I've been at this new gig since the middle of January. So the last couple of months, I've, I've been more of a at-home father figure because my last job of ten years just didn't allow it. Yeah. So it's been it's been good. That is good to hear, man. I've I recently got well. It's now it's been a few months, but I got a promotion back in January. Now I'm able to I'm I'm salary. But the best part is, is like I work four and a half hours. That's a full day of work. So it's like, it's great. Start in the morning. I can start at six, seven o'clock in the morning and just go from there. And then once I hit that, that four and a quarter hours, I'm gone. But it's like, wow. The the frustrating thing is that I'm always working though. So it's, but it's like, it's all email communication. I'm not on the phone, taking phone calls, but it's like everything I work with, work with, with the, with the VA is that it's trying to make sure that the equipment I work with, because we have these massive trailers that go around the country and they see veterans to do compensation pensioning. And my role is to make sure it's staffed and it is properly up and running. We just like last week, we had a break in, in, um, in Kansas city. They went through and they ransacked everything. They, they, they have been stake. They've been staking out that particular unit. They took our generators. They took our gas. They took our laptops. I mean, it, it's, it's bad out there. And it's like, now that, now that unit is off the road, we have to get it all fixed, repaired. And now all it does is just ends up hurting the veterans in that community that that have been waiting for getting appointment taken care of. Hold on, <laughs> my light went off. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw it just, your screen shut off, so therefore your light went off. Did my screen shut? No, no, no. I'm talking like on your phone because you're using your flashlight for your phone. Yeah, 
try to get this code punched in. Hang on. It just timed out on me. But the upside is I get an amazing amount of B PTL. I mean, I got this weekend, we got an HHA USA shoot that's going to be at in Verona and also in Oregon, Wisconsin. So we're also on Friday, we're doing an invite only tour of Vortex. And uh, Chris Hamp sent out a bunch of invites to all the veterans, all the people that he wants to be there and just kind of a meet and greet. It's, it's the first one of the season. And then that's Friday. And then Saturday, we have an endurance race that's going to go on for eight hours. And it's a 2.2 mile track, the elevation climb of 5,000. And you have to shoot four targets. And yeah, I have, I have no idea what the final numbers that are signed up for it. But I have a buddy of mine that I donated money for because he was, he was doing a pledge hit like a thousand bucks to donate to uh, a veteran organization in his area. And then we have the up in Blackhawk archers. We're we have a shoot there as well. And then at uh, the Mount Harrow where they're hosting the endurance race, there's a concert too, as well. That uh, that's the local guy here from Wisconsin. That's going to be putting it on tickets are for sale. And so then, then Sunday we have another, and then we have the continuation of the 3d shoot. So that's just week one. And then it's like, I got a, and a few weeks later, I'm going to Okaboji for a five day trip for there. And it's like, it's gonna, it's like, it is the very first trip getting everybody out of the cabins, out of the houses, get them away from the wives. And, and it's just going to be a, a fun stag party. <laughs> 5,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. A, it's a Ooh. hell of a climb. We are not flat over here in this area. The last time I was probably, well, we just went to the Smokies uh, last weekend. We were in the Smoky Mountains for spring break for my son. I was trying yeah. to think, last time I was that high, it was probably in Cedar City, Utah, <laughs> on my first elk trip. Like, oh, nice. Know, I'm going six, to Beaver, Utah, years too. Ago. Man, Utah is beautiful. It, it is. is. It really beautiful. is beautiful. I love it out there. I like, I like elevation. I like being able to see just as far as I can, because you never know what you're going to pick out in a little opening in between the trees, you know? Like, I just, I like a good set of glass, and wide open spaces that mm -hmm. is my that's, that's my heaven with uh so in this off season what do you tend to do with native sense then do you just kind of leave it dormant or you just kind of take care of the deer herd what do you do to continue like the the growing of the business so as far as the deer herd goes my partner that owns the other half of the business he owns the farm we partnered mm -hmm. half and half on it i do all of the marketing sales bottling manufacturing i guess you could say okay uh, and then he does all of the deer. So he and he artificially inseminates all of the deer. He uh, feeds the deer. He sells the deer hunts on the farm. Uh, and then the fawns come through. When the fawns drop, he's ear tagging, giving shots, uh, separating, kind of like a cattle operation. And then uh, during the off season, it is really slow. And I really appreciate it because uh, it gives me a lot more time with my family. Because they're for about four months uh, just straight. I am just balls to the wall. And uh, so I'm getting ready for like expos. So we'll do a couple of expos, a, few tr a couple of trade shows. And I'll be making like cover scents, getting those mixed up, uh, tinctured, made, bottled, labeled. Then I will be getting some hats and shirts and stuff like that done. But and then we we reach out to other stores, new stores that wanted to come in too late in the season last season. So we'll pick up new stores and dealers this time of year, and then we start just getting all of our all of our bottles and labels and tops in. So it's, it never really stops, but it does slow down. Okay, that's a really good approach of it. 
now uh you're going to be looking at trying to are you developing any new products that you're going to release for the season for 2023 i was planning on it and then i had some stuff that happened kind of out of nowhere um there was another national uh deer urine company i won't say anything but they shut down closed up closed their doors and they contacted me and asked me if there was anything that I might could use. And I was like, well, I don't know. What do you have? And they said, well, I've got a 20,000 square foot warehouse full of blank bottles still in the boxes. If you could use them, come up here, make us an offer. And uh, they're yours. Otherwise, they're going in roll off dumpsters. So I made the two hour drive north and went through this warehouse and brought back like 32 pallets of bottles. So that cut me out on a new product release this year. Uh, I did have one in mind, but now that I have probably 160,000 bottles needing to be filled, I'm going to work on focus, or I'm going to focus on getting those bottles filled, labeled, and sold, and then I'm going to release a new product next year. This will be the first year that we may not actually release a new product other than a grunt call. We've got a uh, new grunt call being designed and developed right now. So far, I uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, but um, we're, we're, we're working our way through it. It, could, it. it looks to be a little costly, but I think we can make it. I think we can make it work. Okay. Did, did, did Cody happen to send you, he sent me here a, video, a picture, a couple of pictures. Oh, several months back where it's like, Hey, did you give the permission to use the logo on grunt calls? Like, no, and I'm looking at it, it's like this is exactly our logo. You, you can't go wrong. You can't forget it. It's like, well, apparently we're going to get a whole bunch of grunt calls. I don't know if he ever filed a lawsuit against them because you know how Cody is. He's very protective of the things he has created, and he's he wants to maintain the integrity of the business. That oh. that is our deer head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I found that grunt call. Oh, you found in it of, you... in one of my dealer's stores. Okay. I just walked in and delivered deer pee one day and I was, I went to hang some of my grunt calls on the rack and I was looking at some of the other ones. And I was like, the first thing I saw when I looked at the rack, I was like, that deer head looks familiar. Yeah. And I looked at it, I picked it up and I, I was holding it. I was just, I was looking at it. I was like, that's my first deer head. So I snapped a few pictures of it and sent it to Cody and was like, Hey, did you sell any? Did you, did you sell this deer head to, uh, it was, oh, I don't know if I should say the name. I won't say the name, but uh, it was a company out of Georgia and uh, they make turkey calls and deer grunts. And he was like, no, I didn't sell it. And I was like, no, I didn't oh, either. That explains why he messaged me right afterwards. Like I didn't give it permission to anybody. Right. So yeah, it was, uh, no, I won't say who it was. So I don't want them to think I'm talking bad about them, but yeah, they had found it on Facebook, I guess. And, figured they would just take it and go with it and then i, I messaged i messaged the uh the designer the guy that actually created the deer and he was like dude that thing's been jacked so many times he was like it he's like you could probably make some serious money off of it because it's just gets it's always getting stolen so but luckily we haven't found it on anything else we had that one spill in kentucky with a guy that was actually making t-shirts hats and hoodies and selling them at a bp gas station in the bucks of kentucky no kidding yep he jacked the entire 
operation in Kentucky and was putting them in a gas station. I, I got a someone, someone I knew was at was up in Kentucky deer hunting and took a picture of it and put it on their Facebook page and was like, "Well, I guess you can tell where we're hunting at this week." And I was like, "When did we get in a gas station in Kentucky?" And I was like, "Hold on." So I called the gas station. I was like, "Where did you order these?" hoodies and shirts and hats and she's like well there's a guy that comes through and makes t-shirts in the parking lot he, he sold them to us i was like oh no 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 <laughs> no no that is total intellectual property theft. yeah because i believe T uh, cody got it trademarked and everything mm -hmm. it's ours yeah that's yeah. what i figured yeah so Kawhi, i i know he had he had sold it he sold the company but i take it it never they never went anywhere with it, as far as I'm aware of. But yeah. We're actually talking about opening back up Bucks of Alabama now that he's living here an hour from me. Yeah. They know he still has uh, Bucks of uh, Nebraska still rock and rolling because right. that's he's got that a bone. huge following. Yeah. He still has bone. Uh, I don't know what the sales are on it. I haven't kept up with any of that since I got out of it and shut mine down here in Alabama and we kind of let the company, we sold the company um i haven't kept up with it really i've been just focused on on native and mm. it's dude it's it's been stupid busy <laughs> yeah stupid busy. i think we've had so my shopify my statistics i broke i broke it down from day one to like february 10th of this year the last day of deer season and it was like 3700 percent growth in sales wow that's in, awesome in four years yeah, I broke my five-year goal. Like I was, I was, I was super small dreaming, right? I had like a five-thousand-bottle goal by year five, and we sold thirty-eight thousand last year in year three, and we've almost hit fifty thousand bottles this past year. Oh, for twenty twenty-two. Yeah, this past well, twenty twenty-three season. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you guys are going to be already having pre. But this pre is our fourth year. Okay. No, we don't have any pre-orders in yet. Okay. We won't open that up until probably probably the first of October. I'll open up some pre-orders. And so we have a, I guess it's probably close to a dozen deer now. Two do I'm sorry, two dozen deer, two and a half dozen, something like that, that we actually can breed like right there the first week of November. So we'll collect estrus from those deer around the first of november and those does will be bred and turned back to pasture but it's like a very limited supply of estrus and my guys that all of my guys that go out across the midwest hunting for that november 15th rut from missouri to iowa mm -hmm. man they just hammer me for all of that all of that estrus and uh we have had some monsters killed on it this past year from Minnesota to Kansas. Had a couple of 180s shot this year, uh, some 160s, some 170s. I got to breaking it down, looking at the deer pictures that I have been sent since okay. I opened this business. We've had like 567 uh, bucks killed on our urine in four years across the country. Wow, that's impressive. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's nowhere close to these big companies, but that's impressive for a four-year-old company. Yeah, it is. It's now a one-man band. For sure. Now you all do is get that one lucky J&S uh, buck that's 
shot once in a lifetime on top of it, you'd be good to go. Yeah. Man, I can't believe that, that Stephen didn't get any more uh, out of that deer than what he did, which I guess it didn't help that, uh, God, what was that boy's name in uh, Ohio? The oh, Huffman. he, the what? The Huffman Buck that was shot Kaufman. last Kaufman Buck, yeah. Kaufman Buck. He shot, so Stephen killed that 312 inch deer mm-hmm. in Gallatin, Tennessee in 2016, I think it was, 2015, okay. 2016. And then, like, Two years later, the Kaufman buck was killed and was like 36 points or 36 inches larger or something like that. So he only got to hold that record for the world record whitetail for like two years, which it hadn't been broken like 25 years prior to his deer. So it was like, he was like, I want to hold on this for a while. And then two years later, he got smacked with like 36 extra inches. And I was yeah. like, that is crazy right there. Yeah, that happens. I was it uh, last year the Minnesota put in a ban that now you can't use doe and estrus. You can't use any any uh, what is it fake or real urine in the state of Minnesota. Where state of Minnesota? Really? Yeah. When yeah, they, they passed it last year, I was I was looking at the, I was actually just brought up the Minnesota regulations about it. And yeah, it's you cannot use uh, use it. And they even put an example doe and heat. So yeah, it, it, could be, it cannot contain any cervid urine. So other and uh, blood, gland, feces, or any other bodily fluid. Yeah, he used synthetic. He was using my synthetic tarsal. The yes. guy in Minnesota did. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I see. It's like you you can't use all natural stuff. I mean, this this has mm-hmm. just been a, a down here. I know. Um, uh, that was co- a struggle. Yeah, uh, uh, Cook's a deer tract in Deadly Deer Tract. He has a he has a farm way up north, and his business took a huge hit out of Minnesota. He's been around for a hot minute. He shot his his product has killed a lot of big bucks too. It's like this is the a frustrating thing we're going on and going on, and and we as hunters we got to pay attention to stuff because they st- the you get these these antis coming and then they start chipping away and taking away and taking away. I'm like, what was it just this year for 2023 in in uh, Kansas? You can't use uh, trail cams on public land now. In Kansas? Yep. You know, I think I think Arizona did a ban on trail cams, period, didn't they? Several I I know I don't know for sure. I know last year there were there were several states, Utah, Colorado, uh, Arizona, New Mexico were all in the process of doing it. I don't know if the, the, the hunters rose up and told them no or not. So it's tough to say. I I, I can't uh, confirm or deny that aspect of it all. But yeah, they went through it and they also had dealing with the ban of going after big, uh, uh, big game predator or predator hunting. So it'd be your bears, your, your mountain lions, stuff like that. There, there was a potential of banning that as well. Like what kind of pissing match does it take in a state judicial house to say, you can't put a camera on your property to take a picture of a deer or a bird. Like what kind of pissing match does that take? That, that's that's kind of like the CWD stuff with the urine bans. The, the 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 prion is so small on the molecular scale it can be picked up like a mineral into a grass plate. What the hell does a tornado blow around? Does <laughs> how many? How, I mean, what you've got eighty mile an hour sustained winds in Kansas and Oklahoma and Nebraska and Wyoming and Iowa, Indiana, all those open row crop states. You have all these sustained winds blowing dust how are they going to stop it from blowing if it's that small on the molecular scale it's as small or smaller than a grain of dust but but a bottle of deer pee is 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 going to do it 
it's it's frustrating because we've seen that I've seen a, I was listening to Tim Kennedy. He is finally some of the bigger guys are starting to talk about stuff that I've already known about for the last couple of years about the, the devastation of the meat producing pro, uh, plants in America. So that'd be your yeah. wife, ducks, chickens. Uh, what else is there? 18,000 dairy cows blew up in an explosion in Texas a couple weeks ago. Well, at one point, like, so put it this way, in 2019, there was 2,200 meat producing uh, plants that, that were farms that produced ducks, chicken, cows, pigs. Well, in 2022, 1,100 of them burnt up. So we yeah. lost that much to, to reduce it. But now, if you've been paying attention to some of the videos I've been sending you, that, that there's a lot of big companies, big a lot of big pharma, Bill Gates, uh, BlackRock, are developing all manufactured chicken. Uh, they're going to start injecting uh, uh, mRNA vaccines into cows, whitetails, uh, pigs. Uh, California is looking to grow mRNA vaccine or mRNA uh, d- DNA into their lettuce and stuff like that. It's all developed to control the 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 uh, food chain. It's all designed to control that. And so once once we see as we as we've been seeing and what been paying attention, we've had this big old collapse. Uh, was it Citibank or U.S. Bank? I can't remember. Or, uh, no, it was J.P. Morgan. They may, they slipped up and they're waiting for the, us to, to for the, the Ukraine war to end. So this way they can dump a whole bunch of money into it and take it all over again. It's basically a proxy war. But we're 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 in that uh, limbo of when the the global economy crashes because we're no longer a, a a domestic economy. We're global now because BlackRock right. is global. They own everything. So we're we I've, I just I just watched a uh, was it Nigeria. And 2018, 2019, they came out with their own CBDC. They released it, zero retention. Nobody took on, nobody took it to it. No, and then and then they started coming back out with new fake currency again. So they're their new banknotes. And then all of a sudden they turn around, they did it again. They they re, they went doubled down on it. And what they did is that uh, what ended up happening is that people fought back for so long, but they're starving the kids, starting their families, starving their dogs, because they were forcing everybody to transition to. CBDC. And that's what's going to happen is that we're going to fight it, but then we're going to eventually going to give up because it's like, we're, 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 we're not gonna be able to pay for our gas, pay for our diesel, feed our kids, feed ourselves. Right. And that's not going to get fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's what we're basically all waiting for. It's the downside of it. But the worst part is with the fed now, that's going to release in, in July, as that continues, the first program they're going to do it is going to be social security. That will be the first CBDC distribution is will be, that because it's something the government controls and that's that's going to begin to begin the downward spiral and the worst part is is like you're trying to build your business but it guess what it's like oh deck i saw you some post something on tiktok that you, you weren't you weren't very friendly about biden so guess what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're, you can't use your money to buy new bottles for your for your company oh you you, right. you want to buy oh your son's of age now to buy it get a 410 sorry we're not gonna let you buy any ammunition for it right Oh yeah, worst. it's that's that's the route that I firmly believe is is coming, and all I can tell them is, south of that Mason Dixon is going to be a hard damn sale. Right? Oh yeah, it's going to be a hard damn sale. Mm-hmm. We will start trading chickens and eggs and cows and bacon, just like we did years ago. We will be doing it. We'll be trading our own currency. Through food source, plant working. Yeah, we will have, it'll be covered. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the country is going to that. A lot of the country is seeing this bullshit and they're working on it, man. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a, working on it. There's a, 
how many people are building chicken coops now? How many people are buying quail and raising quail now? A lot. That is is, turkey eggs, chicken, and growing their own chicken eggs. The Purina feed uh, problem that happened. Mm -hmm. Everybody started mixing their own pure grain, going to the co-ops instead of the tractor supply, and they started getting their eggs tripled. Can't tell me if there wasn't something in there. Something caused it, but people people are reading between the lines, and I think they have realized it, and I think they realize how screwed they are because they put the wrong puppet in the wrong chair. I always I think tell they people that they put, I think they put. I, I think they feel like they put the right puppet in, and it ain't working. I think that's what's what's a lot of people to slowly wake up because we've seen I've seen an uptick even in the area right here. They're, they're to create a, far, a, a farmers co-op. But without having to create, having to go to a store or a brick and mortar, like they actually developed websites. There's a a, far, a cattle farmer out there in Kansas City, and he's actually putting vending machines up there that have meat products in them. So this way, then yeah. you're, he's circumventing Tyson and uh, Cargill, and I can't remember the other two. It's just we have to be able to fight back, and that's how we're going to be able to. Do it. The only downside is Absolutely. that they'll, they'll go after the part putting in ordinances where you have to, where you can't have put in. Uh, um, chicken coop so that's that's one way the big government's gonna get after it and then number two would be going after your feed production and then along with that uh at usda they'll they'll be able to we already know it's corrupt and so now they're just gonna make it even more ridiculous because i know i saw them do that here at, a, at my own hometown's meat locker like i will put down put pass through a whole bunch of legislation for private butchers to to have them they had to drop like 250k with this new type of uh filtration system and all that fun stuff most places couldn't afford it and so they they, they bottled up they a lot of the uh, mom and pop shops went under yep so what's going to go on with our hunting stuff too it's it's it's, it's all attacking and they're it's slowly taking away they are chipping away at something that they have no idea of the end results oh yeah for sure they, well, they have no clue what the end results of what they're doing are and it's not going to be good on their end of it. No, oh, no. Because when, when, when the American people get mad enough, they're not going to see I've said it for a long time. People tell, you know, you hear people talk about civil war. We need this. We need that. We need, we should just stand up and do all this. They have been structuring this country for, I don't know how many years now. Probably not to live the, to live the American dream, get an education, get a good job buy a home, start a family. That's four things in reality that put handcuffs on a fighting man. Get a good education, get a good job, get a home and start a family. No one's going to quit their job to not be able to pay for their house that houses their family to go rebel against a tyrannical government. Exactly. Where, where, would, where would you headquarters that? Your buddy's place? You know what I'm saying? They shut the gas stations down. They stopped serving. They stopped selling fuel. You're not going to drive up there. You know, nobody's got horses and buggies to carry all that crap. Sure, you you might have 10 million rounds of ammunition. You can't carry it. You're going to fill your pockets up in the backpack and grab one or two guns, and then you're going to be on. When you run out, you're out. Where are you going to go? There ain't no. You're going to sit there at your house or on the front porch and hold them off until you're out of ammo or they blow your house up. They know that without the numbers, 
and without the comfort that they have created in our brain that they somewhat have us and they're, they're creating in my mind they're creating the situation now with everything that's going on to where people are more likely because look at the job market how hard it is to find somebody to work now. where are these people at how are they paying their bills how are they eating you know what i'm saying you can't find anybody to work they're creating i think they're creating a, a, the perfect storm for something really bad to happen oh yes oh yes for sure on the homeland yeah, uh, we have we actually have somebody watching live on you on on Facebook, uh, Jeremy Davison. He is the uh, creator of um. Oh, why can't I, why am I blanking on your company, Jeremy? Uh, Bur uh, Bourbon State Outdoors. He's out of Kentucky, and and he's 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 mentioning in the group that that farmers markets were fading six eight years ago, and now they're back booming again. And he's exactly yeah. right because. People yeah. are recognizing it. We're, we, we are our own infrastructure. And if like we work together, we'll be able to survive this particular aspect, uh, this, this setback, I guess you'd want to call it. Well, look at Facebook. They took down the ability to sell livestock and pets oh, no in the marketplace. You can't really? sell a chicken. Yeah, you can't sell a chicken on Facebook anymore. Wow, look at that. Look yeah. at good old Zucks. It's been like that for a couple of years now. People that have kennel clubs, if you have a kennel and a business, you can register as a business and you can put pictures of your puppies for sale, but you can't put price or say price in the post. You can just put a picture of the puppy. And then the people have to message directly to ask how much. But you, you can't sell, you can't even sell a chicken on Facebook anymore. You can't sell a horse. Like who's going to eat a horse? I guess if you're hungry, but you can't even sell a horse with a price on it on Facebook anymore. Wow, I did not even pay attention to that. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now, no. talking about control, right? You, farmers markets were drying up. Now they're coming back. I mean, think about the Amish, the Amish uh, dairy farms that the government was going in and making and shutting the Amish dairy farms down, making them dump all of their milk and butter. Oh yeah, over there in Pennsylvania, I know they that guy was facing some. Yeah, they shut them down. Yeah. yeah. What's the Amish doing? The same thing they've been doing for the last five hundred years. They ain't changed it. They're not putting preservatives in it. No. They're not diluting it with high fructose corn syrup. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the nice thing about having the Amish in your community. I mean, I have several communities around this area. I turkey hunt over by a, a Amish farm. And it's like, that's, that's what, that's the, those would be the people that when shit goes south, they're going to be able to, ones are going to be able to teach the townies to be able to, how to cultivate the land and get everything back going again. So it's like, we have a redundancy plan. The only downside is we're, we're uh, you got it. There's certain, there's certain factions that people are going after them because there's a lot of incest, a lot of inbreeding, a lot of child abuse. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of nasty stuff that's going on. But then you can say the same thing about the Catholic Church. So here, you know, six six it'll one be, half dozen the other. It'll be the Amish and the Mormons will be the only ones left on earth with food. <laughs> that is going to be darn true. That's that's so true. Yeah, the Amish and the Mormons they'll be trading back and forth, and we'll all be asking for a piece of pig fat to fry in this. <laughs> It makes some cracklings with, right? Oh man! So now you fish a lot too. Now we we pull we can take our tinfoil hats off here. You know, it's like we'll take off the we'll, we'll move on from the spoiler alerts here, folks, and we'll we'll move back into fishing and hunting. So fishing, man. I know you do a lot of fishing stuff. Like now, are you gonna with with the with your with your new life has it changed with your new job? 
how are you you ever already you, you have plans for fishing trips for for you and Haley and the kids? Yeah, we're gonna do some fishing. We've got some ponds at our property uh, that we can fish on. I've got some brim and bass and a largemouth and some bluegill. Uh, at my at my current job, I work at a fair now, a fairgrounds. So it's pretty okay. cool. Yeah, we get we have concerts and uh, we have a the large fair. It's like ten day long fair uh, every October. So I'm glad that that gets out of the way before deer season. Um, but then we have we just rent the facilities out. So it's like 164 acres, but it used to be an old Japanese nursery where they grew oriental flowers and shrubs oh, and okay. uh, trees and stuff. Well, they had all those irrigation ditches and ponds on that place. Man, it is full of fish. <laughs> so I, I keep a rod and reel in my office now. So when I go on a lunch break, I just hop on my golf cart and go throw a few or in the evenings if i'm done i'll go throw the line snatch a few lips have some fun toss them back so i can catch them again another day that's the best and, part uh, about bass man you, you they, they're always yeah. there you there's been some times where i've caught the same bass twice in one day mm-hmm. they're always ready to eat yeah anyway right now right now down here in this this time of the spring uh pumpkin seed lizards with chartreuse tails they they can't stand them. Uh, that and tequila that and tequila sunrise purples. Uh, okay. They love them. They hammer them. They just they if they see it they have to eat it. They're getting ready to start bedding though for their fishing spawn. So it'll be pretty easy. Then you just drop a little big creature bait right on the bed. And wait for them to pick it up in the mouth and carry it off the bed. And you pop it right in the head. But them old big sows they'll be on the bed here the next week or two. Yeah, we're we're no, right our saltwater. Saltwater yeah. is fixing to get really, really good. Snapper season's around the corner. We've got our uh, Ben Dunham Memorial Tournament that we hold every year. Uh, ben Dunham, he passed away with cancer uh, three years ago, and uh, we started it to raise money for his family to help him pay some of his uh, medical bills and all. And uh, every year, what we've done with it is we find a new uh, sponsor to host that's fighting the cancer. And all of the proceeds goes to that individual. So this is our sixth year doing it. And I think we've made somewhere around $68,000 in six years that we have donated all the proceeds to someone that's fighting a a cancer of some sort. So that's coming up. Yeah, it's it's done really well. So that's coming up. And then uh, Cobia, of course. Cobia will start migrating. And then your king micro will start migrating. Those are some of your bigger target fish besides like yellowfin tuna. Every now and then people will kind of target some wahoo or uh, you've always got your trollers for your blue marlin. Uh, that's some of the most boring fish fishing I have ever done in my life. Oh, you, you've done marlin fishing where you're just driving around yeah. circles? You just, you, you, you find a good ledge or you find a good grass line, you throw some big baits, you just troll. <laughs> and it's just trolling and trolling and trolling and trolling but yeah i like I, I would much rather tuna fish or snapper fish than uh about anything i don't get to do a lot of that now we've sold our boat um so i do a lot of surf fishing now which has gotten popular which sucks because <laughs> i used to i used to have the beach kind of to myself uh all my life catching and then we had a guy down here, which is great for him. He went and started a YouTube channel called Bama Beach Bum, 
You have to look him up on YouTube, Bama Beach Bum, Matthew Isbell. And uh, he started this YouTube channel and started just, he's, he monetized it. He's making money. He's done tied in with like two or three other guys that do the same thing over in like the Pensacola, Florida area. And they've opened a, a tackle shop now. Uh, so they've done really, really well with it. But it's like every time you pull up to like one of your honey holes where you've always caught fish, filled a cooler up, and it's, there's nowhere to park now. I don't know. I might have to get back into like crappie fishing in the creek and the river. There you go. <laughs> Just because there's no there's nowhere to park at the beach anymore to fish. I get it. I get it, man. We uh, well, right now with the water, the right now the Mississippi's flooding. I only live like a handful, only a few miles away from the Mississippi's <laughs> flooded. So there's a lot of there are a lot of boats on there because when it's that high, you never know if you're gonna run across a deadhead, and so that you we have that as a real concerning stuff unless you're fishing around the lock and dam and stuff like that there's, there's we have some right. levees that you can tuck in and fish and go after some pike in the walleye run and stuff like right now we got the uh the pikes are currently uh, spawning right now so here about two weeks ago they were they were they were hot they were they were hitting pretty heavy where you wasn't common to hit a 35 36 inch one but you have to pay attention to where you're at in the mississippi because there's certain levees that you have to get between where you can only keep two and then one over 30 or what is there one mm. over 35 so they've, they've kind of gotten become a little more strict on the the pike, but bass are standard five first. But we've actually seen a drop in uh, our smaller panfish. So if you're fishing in the Mississippi, you can only catch fifteen, whether it be bluegill, uh, sunnies, perch, or uh, uh, crappies. So that's that's your limit is fifteen. Used to be twenty five, but now it's right. they, they've, they brought it down. So I'm not exactly sure what was the reasoning behind it because. I, I didn't I didn't hear anybody not having any issues not catching fish unless you just were fishing at the hottest point in time of day and you weren't fishing deep enough. Right. I think I want to say the last time I read our regulation, which I do a lot of pond fishing, um, like beaver ponds and stuff like that. I've always been a sucker. If I see a beaver pond that's holding water, I'm throwing a worm. But I want to say you can be in possession of 50 bluegill now. Wow. You guys and had a bloom. They, uh, They've removed the regulation to where you can use bluegill to bait your catfish, uh, like long lines. It's a trot line. Uh, have you ever used trot lines up there? No, I haven't. But it's it is, is it, it, I believe it's a technique we could still use. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't really go after catfish very often. I have a, I have a couple of friends in Iowa that that hammer them. They go after them specifically for. One's a guide service for an Iowa that they go after. Actually, it's the same. Martin. He's the guy introduced Yeah, Martin. To. Yeah, Martin goes after him pretty good, pretty heavily. And he, he he took on, I think he brought, took out like over a dozen bets last year and put him on some big, uh, big channel and big blues. Yeah. That's nice. We get to, we run trot lines. So they'll set like, I think there's a regulation on how many hooks you can have, but anywhere from like 30 to 50 hooks normally. And then they tie bricks in the middle so it'll sink all the way to the bottom in the middle of the channel or the middle of the creek or whatever. Then they'll tie it off on each side of the river and then drop it in the middle and let it sink to the bottom with live brim or live crawfish on it. And then they'll go back the next day and pull it. It'll be loaded up with catfish, big blues and yellows. Do you hear about the, the Chesapeake Bay, that they're having issues with channel cats out there? Issues? Yeah, so what? So people uh, back in the seventies, somebody was an asshole and decided to drop some channel cats in there. Well, Chesapeake Bay is brackish water. You 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 have fresh water and you have salt water. Well, 
apparently the catfish learned how to adapt. And it's like, I've seen some footage out there here just a few weeks ago where you could see the catfish coming up the surface and there's thousands of them. Just thousands. Really? Of them. Oh yeah. They're just ridiculous. And they're, they're just, they're saying they're, they're, there's, there's hundreds of, there's tens of thousands of catfish eating all kinds of fish. Just oh yeah. They eat population. everything. They're a huge predator. Oh yeah. Absolutely massive. But I couldn't believe it when I, that, that, that they, managed to take over the entire fishery so they're going after yeah, that the crabs. that's one of the biggest thing to worry about they say every day they usually eat about on average between eight to twelve thousand crabs a day in the chesapeake bay holy crap yeah it is amazing it's it's just well, not it's like, easy so to get rid of those things all they gotta do is electrocute them yeah yeah we do that's what they do up and down in the illinois river and the mississippi when they go after the the uh, uh east yeah, your carp carp yep exactly yep. They did it. They they put that. Uh, they, they they shock them. They used to call them skull cans here. They take and hide it in a skull can and silicone the lid so it wouldn't leak. Uh-huh. And they put their capacitors and their little rectifier in there. Uh, they're not a rectifier. Uh, resistors. And uh, they would have just a little small wire running out of the skull can that siliconed up and hook it and wrap it up into a piece of chain. And then they had the chain tied to a rope and they would. They throw the chain over like an anchor, and they just hook it to their boat with a rope, and then they would drive and uh, hook to the battery on the boat, and it would just, uh, just it was just enough to tickle the catfish to make them come up. But yeah, <laughs> that's a very illegal method. <laughs> You're part of neck of the woods, but that would definitely would get the job done over there in the Chesapeake Bay Bay area. Yeah, yeah, that would do it 100%. It'd get every one of them to the top of the water. Oh, for sure. Now. You didn't you get your boy out there turkey turkey hunting this year? Man, I haven't been. I haven't killed a turkey. I added it up. If I had killed a turkey this year, it would have been a sweet 16. I hadn't killed a turkey in 16 years. Wow. But, but I've you're killed, busy. I've, I've probably killed, I don't know, 25, 30 turkeys in my lifetime. I was 12 years old when I caught my first one up by myself and shot it. I used to, oh man, I used to massacre the turkeys. And then uh, I haven't turkey hunted since my grandfather passed away in 2007. Okay. So, but I want to. I, I usually try to go at least once a year and at least just listen to the turkeys. I almost got one year before last on the one morning that I went. I ended up putting in 21,000 steps to try and get ahead of this bird. <laughs> wow, was, you're, you're, on the, you're on the move. He was hemmed up, and I had a thunderstorm bearing down on me. <laughs> so you, so you, really, I, you really had a presser. Yeah, I was trying to run that thing down and get ahead of him, and it was like every time I thought I was ahead, he'd gobble and be like another 80 yards away going the opposite direction. I'd get up and make a big loop and get back around in front of him, and he'd be 50 yards back behind me, but then he would turn and go to the left or go to the right, and then I'd get that way. I'd go that direction, and then he would gobble way back to where he was to begin with, and I'd have to go way back down there. Yeah, I put 21,000 steps on that bird that morning by 9 a.m. and had to leave him. I saw him. I put eyes on him, but I had to leave him because it started thundering and lightning. Yeah. And I was like a mile and a half from the truck. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, this, this, so the way the Wisconsin does it, you have to, you have to put in your uh, your pick for your for your zone where you want to hunt by December 10th. I, I'm not that diehard of a turkey hunter. I usually just buy leftovers. Well, this year I was, I got invited to go up to hunt with, um, 
flatline bird decoys. He invited me to go hunt with him. And he he created just a piece of wood, puts a laminate on it, has a turkey on it, and he kills birds with it every year. And it's a very simple process for it. Instead of having these big, elaborate, $100, really a pretty avian birds, he, that's what he uses. Well, I looked at the schedule. Like the last, there's only like four weeks of available weeks left to hunt. But every week I have something planned. So it's like, there's, I right. can't do it this year. It's like, well, you know, I, I'm not too worried about it. I'm more excited about the upcoming fishing season, 3D season. And then my, my, uh, guide, my, I want a guided hunt in, uh, at the end. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Dude, you're going to have fun on that trip. You've been working those 3D shoots over, too. I've been watching all those videos, man. All your little shorts that you're putting on TikTok, man. You stay busy with that 3D. You got to love that stuff. It's a lot of fun, man. It's 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 golf, but for men, essentially, because it's like most of the places where we go shoot at, you have a guaranteed spot for like you have a range and stuff like that. But the best part is most of these clubs, they don't care where you shoot. So it's like we will there's not a there's it's not uncommon for us to go back 50, 60 yards and just drop bombs. Then I'll do uh then I got a uh Math Martin Archery Fest I'm going out to in Beaver, Utah. It's my first time ever being above 10,000 foot altitude. I'm just praying. I don't suffer from altitude sickness because it's one of those things you don't know until you get there. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, get you some Bodine. If that's what you're afraid of, get some Bodine from uh, Bodine. CBS. Yep. Yeah, CBS better than Dremamine. That makes you sleepy. Okay. Um, yeah, Dremamine's for if you get the mo- uh, motion sickness. Don't, don't forget your chapstick. Okay. Don't. I'm telling you. I'm like, I, when I went to Utah, that buddy of mine that lives out there, he was like, oh, yeah, don't forget your chapstick. And I was like, chapstick. Dude, three days in, I can't hardly talk and I can't smile. It was the most horribly chapped lips I've ever had in my life. It felt like I had been tied to a tree in the middle of the desert for a week, just sun drying. My, my lips were so beat up from that dang gum dry uh that i guess it's just a dry air and i'm I'm, i guess because i'm so used to living here on the coast all the humidity in there i never have chapped lips unless it's like fall or something or winter time or something like i might get some chapped lips or crawfish i start eating crawfish and you're licking your lips you got all the spices on your face you're just like crawfish (laughs) but you'll, you'll get that every now and then but like utah whole nother animal Take your chapstick with you. Anybody you talk to that doesn't tell you to take chapstick to Utah, then they they must like live on powder. Right here, I got. Yes. I'll, I'll throw this in my bino harness this because I use it when I go out uh, do the three targets because it, it you still get burnt, especially with right now we got a lot of wind. Like when we went we went out to the, a three D shoot here. Well, with took we have belonged to a club here, and we went out shooting something that wind was just whipping through there and such. And it was like, yeah, even with the wind here just gets you and dries them out. We used to live in Arizona, so it's like chapstick. We it was not uncommon for people to have chapstick in their car, in their uh, backpack, in their purse. I mean, it's you can't not yep. run into somebody that doesn't have chapstick. You're not going to make it in in Utah without that cheaper chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure, man. Don't yeah. do you? Yeah. Do you will be like a tub of Vaseline, just scooping it and rubbing <laughs> it. Just get it, get it gone. Like you, you, you once it's there there's no fixing it for like two weeks 
Man, is that something? I can't remember. There, there was a study that was just released here just a few weeks ago. I can't remember who did it. If it wasn't, if it's uh, Mayo or if it was John Hopkins. But what they did is they actually they found out that if you wear sunglasses, you're more you're prone to burning because your eyes are actually designed to interpret the sun's rays, and it'll actually produce the amount of melatonin. Uh, that's where I'm working, working, looking for melatonin. Melatonin, not melatonin. That's for help you sleep, but it's the melatonin or whatever it is. But it help, but it they helps your body produce more of it to avoid you from getting burnt. And it's all because of your eyes. And so it's like if you want, if you want to try this out, you could. But it's like you wear sunglasses, you're gonna find out you're probably you're gonna be prone to burning because your eyes aren't getting they're they're not receiving the rays, the input to be able really? to tell your body what to do. Yeah, I I didn't believe it either until you start digging through it. It's like that's pretty interesting technology that like that's it's finally come about because back in 2020 21 benzene is a is a pro- prominent chemical toxic chemical that's produced by the same by that the, with all the companies that produce uh, the uh the uh sunscreen well they there's like some like 70 80 companies that use it in there and it's all linked to it was all tied back to skin cancer is that one really chemical? yeah and the same company that uh produced the sun- sunscreen is the same one that has the same constant treatment, cancer treatment that they that you have to pay for when you get cancer. So it's like they just, they, they figured out the the infinite money loop. Yeah, that yeah. is wild. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that a lot of people may some people don't know about it and some people do. It's like that's why I stopped using sunscreen. I'll I I will actually invest in getting the the really nice uh, sunscreen shirts and stuff like that. This way, then mm-hmm. I'm not putting that sunscreen out. What I may look like a, uh, depending on what time of the season is, I have a bunch of, uh, I don't actually don't have it down here, but I do have a shirt that I use that I wear. I'm like, I look like a big old blueberry because I'm not, I'm not a skinny man, but it's like, I don't care. I, I really look like a goofball to deal with sun. I have a, I have a, it has a hoodie on it, put my hat on it. And it's like, that's, I'm not dealing with it. I'll, I'll wear, I'll wear those little bitch gloves for bass fishing, but it's like, I'm not, I'm, it's like, I'd rather not have to wear sunscreen because our skin. Right is the biggest organ we have and absorbs everything. So you got to put that in perspective what we're doing. You're like, there's a lot of, there's like DMDM. It's a chemical found in hair products. Well, that is now has been linked to neurological damage, like Alzheimer's and a bunch of other stuff like that. And guess where it goes right into your brain and stuff like that. So you, I tell women, it's like, you look, I have a, a, uh, my wife's uncle's uh, fiance. She's a hairstylist. Get rid of all the ones that have that DMDM toxin in there. So this way you're using nothing but higher quality products. Granted, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's like women will, people will, if they really understand like the value of their hair, they're going to go the extra mile to, to spend the money, do it. Cause as we get older, it's like you recognize and you also have a little bit more money that you want to put that energy into. It's like kind of like with beer products. Like I find ones that are like, have, I can read it. I can pronounce every word on the beer product or it's made out of right. essential oils. Like I use um, Adam Lamb's um, uh, sheep's, uh, beer oil and stuff like that and it has very very little anything in it that's the best part and you, you got some with infused with cbd you just have one called up north and it's designed for guys for up here but it's they it's it's to keep the gnats and the mosquitoes out of your beard huh. yeah it's, that it is works. crazy it works like why i hunted last year in may and it was warm outside so it's like it, it, it reached 70 80 degrees out there and the, of course everything starts to wake up when you're out there on the before the sunrise comes up and you put that in, I put it in my beard and I didn't have to worry about the gnats in my face or mosquitoes buzzing around. So 
made me think of this. So y'all have midge flies because you have EHD. Mm-hmm. What's the CWD numbers look like in Wisconsin? Well, we are. So I have, I don't know the final tally of it, but we are the, the, the uh, ground zero for, I mean, we have something like 60% of our counties have CWD in them. And we still right. have no idea. It's like it found back in 21, 2001, 2002, and it just kind of blossomed everywhere. But Iowa really doesn't put too much heat onto it. Illinois doesn't put a whole lot of heat onto it. So it all depends on what type of uh, uh, government you have. If you have a lot of bunch of antis in the DNR, they're going to they're going to push on it. They're going to try to harp on it, try to keep that fear. But yeah, I have no idea what the current market is, what the what the uh, the current numbers are on it. But I know they're everywhere. But you know, it's one thing that's like here around here. There a bunch of deer get hit every single year, but you don't see the DNR going out there and pulling their glands. So it's obviously not that big a deal. I think it's just it's just yeah. something that's naturally occurring, and they just figure they're trying to create a fear factor for it. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that are not very smart. They're gonna they're gonna read the headline, and they're not gonna actually understand the, the science behind it because, right? It's, CW's been around for centuries, but we had that massive die off or kill off after the Civil War when we had market hunting. So we it was something that yep. wasn't exposed to, and now right. Through our grandpas and our great grandpas, they're during their discipline, where we have what we're considered the good old days of turkey hunting, yep. whitetail hunting, conservation. So, yeah, conservation 101 right there. Cons- conservation. We have more game now than we have had since we landed here. More Super game elk. than we have. Yeah. And, well, buffalo. Buffalo. Uh, we, 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 we decimated the buffalo over 15 million head once from North America, but you have more turkey, more ducks, more geese, more deer, uh, more bear than we've had since the fur trade in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what makes me think maybe we just didn't know about it because we didn't have enough deer to really pass it around. But EHD, and that's something I've noticed a lot of, is Midge flies pass this bacteria VHD. I've talked with a couple of different veterinarians. Cattle, there, you know, there's twenty. There's, I think it's twenty-one different strains of VHD. Okay. And cattle are non-carriers of VHD. It's in the bacteria of their nostrils where they're licking their nostrils, and it's a bacteria. And they found it in. I'm like on cow faces. So that's the most tender place for the flies to bite and get, get blood is the nose. They can't, they're not going to get through that hair to bite through that freaking cow hide to get some blood. They're going to get it from the eyes, the ears, or the nose. Everyone I talk to across the Midwest, all you hear them talk about is, and I know I, you, you brought this in my mind when you're talking about the bugs and <laughs> your beard. So everyone I've talked to, Every year, they talk about the die-off from EHD. You never hear a single person say, man, that CWD was bad this year. Have you ever heard anybody say, man, that CWD was horrible this year? No. All, my, all, my, all my shooters are dead from CWD this year. Nope. Never, no. you, we don't, all we don't your talk shooters about are wiped out from EHD every year. Exactly. Uh, Indiana and Ohio got hit hard with it this past summer because of the droughts they went through. Uh, there's a company in Iowa called Antologics, and what they did is they they went, they they their farms got hit pretty hard during that drought of like 2005, 2006. They went to work, 
And what they do now, when we when you're in a drought scenario, they'll go around those and they make a spread that would go around the rim of the uh, the ponds and all where they where they have water and, and that bacteria festers inside that and you just sprinkle that around and it neutralizes to protect your herd and stuff like that. A lot of people don't know that about antologics and that's what their whole premise is and developing. Then they then they figure out how to put it into their food plots too. That's freaking awesome. See, I've been wondering why nobody has come up with a spray across the Midwest that they could fly over in an ag plane and just spray around all of this water a pesticide that's safe for wildlife, but a pesticide that just kills much flies. I don't and know. Mosquitoes. I, I don't it probably comes down to uh Monsanto. It probably it, it doesn't kill enough people, so I don't think it, they, they're gonna want to do that. It, it that then that that could be what it is. It would yeah. create too many deer to sustain people and make us sufficient. <laughs> That's that that's a real that's a real thing. Yeah, that is a real thing when it comes down to it. And uh Jeremy from our chat from on Facebook, he said melanin. That's the word I was looking melanin. for. Melanin. So, that's yes. it. Melanin. How many people are watching? Uh we have let me double check here and flip over to Facebook here. We currently got Probably three. Like two. But three. uh Burb- oh, we're smashing it. Yeah, smash that like button and follow and everything yeah. else. Like that. But yeah, that's something we have to really look at and to, to figure on out with that. Uh, that aspect that's what they've done that's what they figured out but i'm sure that's probably the reason being that they they, that they don't want to have that success rate for it and it's just unfortunate we see all that stuff happen i a lot of uh bear bear guides now and people that bait for bear all across the midwest or all all across the the north america they now put dewormers in their bait it's like well you know purina purina makes a deer feed with a worming agent in it no kidding you can buy a deer feed from purina that has warmer in it. Oh, yeah, I, sure I don't but trust the last Purina time I because, checked. Yeah, I don't trust well, the last time I that. checked, you're not supposed to worm wildlife because yeah, you yeah. never know who's gonna kill it and eat it after it's been wormed. I've seen those videos of 10-foot-long tapeworms coming out of their anuses and stuff like this. Like those poor bears. I mean, I feel <laughs> yeah. bad for them. We do it, we do it to our, our cattle, our sheep, our horses, our dogs. Like, why yeah. not spread the love to keep keep those mm-hmm. populations going? You know, it's not gonna kill them. And it's like yeah. the biggest thing we got to worry about is trigonosis if you're going after a bear. And that's easy. You just get it to 165. You're in the clear. Right. Now, I was talking to uh, Spring Meadows Outfitters out in uh, the Chadron, Nebraska area recently. I just called them and made some, or, well, I messaged them and I was asking them about just some, just some questions I had about mule deer populations. and Because I've noticed a huge decrease in mule deer mm-hmm. over the last eight years that I've been hunting in Nebraska, like a huge decrease. And I caught them and asked them because they seem to always have like booked out trips, nice deer. I wanted to get a price on it. I'm, I'm ready to, to really just sink an arrow and a nice muley to put on the wall. And I'm desperate. I've eaten six tags since I've been driving out there. And uh, they told me they're having an issue with brain worms. Interesting. And I had never heard of brain worms, but apparently it's something that is fairly common with deer out in that area. There's a brain worm. It kill, it gets in there, I guess, eats the brain until the deer dies. But it's not EHD. It's a worm. Okay. Yeah. But they said that the whitetails are fine. Mule deer are getting decimated with brain worms. Interesting. That mm-hmm. is a, That is a new insight. 
And yep. then one thing since we brought up Nebraska, now Nebraska non-resident for turkey hunt, because we know how turkey hunt is pretty popular in Nebraska. Is they're, they're pretty much one of the very few states that have their own bow hunting season. They now put yeah. a quota on there to only do 10,000 permits, and that's it. And see, yeah. that's stupid to me, because if I've been hunting out there for eight years now, and if you ever wanted to just go kill a turkey, that's the state to just go kill a turkey if you're willing to drive. If you find one turkey, you've found 150. So true. Like, I, no, I've heard I'm those not, stories. I'm not kidding. That, so we pulled up. We were doing some of those uh, knock and ask hunting trip. We did a knock and ask hunting trip across there. Uh, up around North Platte one time. Mm-hmm. And we had a few people who were like, yeah, go right ahead. I don't care. We, we walked all over their place. Didn't see any deer. Saw a few deer, just nothing big enough to shoot. And uh, this one lady, we pulled up to her house. And uh, I was like, just in amazement. I was like, she must raise turkeys. Like, there's, there's no... I bet there was 500 turkeys on her place, like in her yard. The turkeys literally roosted on every limb until all of the limbs on every tree on her whole place was hanging and bowed down. They had ran out of limbs, would roost on her house. There was turkey shit literally running down the roof of her house because the turkeys were roosted on it every night. Wow, that's a lot. But There was that many and Mossy Oak, well, she told me Mossy Oak actually leased her property every year for turkey hunting. Isn't yeah. that something? Mm-hmm. So you get this. So I, I was, I, I've, I've heard this quote before. Like, if you go, if you go into Bing or go into Google or wherever, you type in which state has the most turkeys. Question for you: Which state do you think has the most turkeys? What's the what's the highest producing turkey state out there in the United States? Mm, highest producing turkey state. Yeah, it's gonna you you it's gonna blow your mind when I when I when I named when I drop it. It's not Mississippi, is it? No, it's Minnesota, coming really? in at forty million birds. Forty million birds. Yeah, but it's also because uh, Jenny O and Butterball is there too as well. But yeah, Minnesota is the largest turkey producing state at forty point five million turkeys. And wait, uh, wild turkeys or farm turkeys? Farm turkeys, but uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I I'm not sure where it le- lands for wild turkeys though, but I know that's I think they also combine it with it in it too as well. But it's a it's a produce a top producing one, and North Carolina comes in second. But that's just kind of random thing. I'm not sure where how they uh, calculate the wild birds, but yeah, Minnesota has got a very large population of wild birds too as well. When it comes down to it, you can get a, the unique thing about Minnesota, you can get an over-the-counter tag and you can get an archery tag and you can use it the entire two months that the season's open. You can buy it in April and you can hunt all the way up until Memorial Day weekend where like in Wisconsin, you get that one week. And if you get 17 and a half inches of snow, too bad because that's what happened like literally two weeks ago here in uh, Wisconsin. I have no idea that my hometown or my the town I'm currently living in West Salem had 17 and a half inches of snow until my mom told me. It's like, oh, I never left. That's like I we did our running around and did our errands on Saturday, and I didn't leave the house until Tuesday. So it's like, here we go. Right. I, the joys of working from home. Yeah. That 
see, that's something else I look at too. And when I'm looking at places to hunt is the acreage of the state and the population of the state. So like in Alabama, we have 31 million acres inside the state line. Well, we only have like 5.2 million people that live here. So that's a lot of open land. There's a lot of really great deer hunting in Alabama. Alabama is probably a, a hidden gem when it comes to hunting a quality whitetail, right, uh, especially, on, especially on private ground. And so is Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a few million more than Alabama in population, but they have a larger deer because they're on the other side of that Mississippi River. There's something about that west side of the Mississippi River that the deer just grow astronomically larger but it's because of the subspecies of that deer. Uh, colder climates, different uh, uh, forage, uh, different diet. Uh, but then when you get out further, like you go to Montana and Wyoming, they have some really nice whitetails, but they, the average whitetail that I have seen come out of those states is like 130 and down. I'm really? sure they have some bigger ones. Yeah, I'm sure there's some large, well, much larger. I mean, Montana's got some some good ones on that Canadian line, like North Dakota and all do. True. But they like, really if you watch a lot of these hunting shows, these guys are killing these deer. They're big bodies, but they're, and that will throw the rack off a lot with a big body. You kill a 250-pound deer, he's probably 150 inches, but he looks like a 110. But you see some of these deer, and they just look small frame. Like it's like there's a it's like there's a border and it's kind of weird. I look at like Utah. There's no white tails in Utah, but there's white tails in Colorado. Oh, it's, it and you have, and you, have of... coos, you have coos deer in New Mexico and in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, but they're not in Utah. You have mule deer, elk, cougar, black bear, etc. In Utah, but you also have moose in Utah. So you don't have whitetail, but you have moose. You won't find another moose. Every now and then you'll see one stroll across Nebraska somewhere, but you'll see moose in some a moose in like sometimes in Wyoming, but in like North Dakota and South Dakota you'll see them. How the hell did they get to Utah in a sustainable population? Is that some? It's kind of like what same thing with speed goats. You have speed goats in Nebraska, you have speed goats in South Dakota, but you don't have in Minnesota, Iowa, or in Missouri. But then again, we, you, we do have a, the Missouri body of water to stop them from crossing the boundary water and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just strange. Yeah, it's weird. You don't have, you've got, yeah, you've got uh, pronghorn in Arizona and in New Mexico. That's and in North, uh, the, New Mexico. The, the panhandle of Texas. I don't even think there's any in Ohio, in Oklahoma. There may be some in Oklahoma, but they're not in Utah. Oh, speed goats? Yeah. Uh, Antelopes. It's like how? Maybe the Colorado River? I have no clue. But it's weird to me how there's like natural boundaries. It's like a copperhead snake. Do you have copperheads up there? No, we don't. It's, it's too good. We have we have a timber rattlers here. We have timber rattlers, but no copperheads. Correct. So where I live at, right here at my house, about eight miles north of my house is like an imaginary line. You will not find a copperhead south of it. Interesting. Wonder why that is. is. Do you guys have a certain predator that goes after him, or a king snake? I know the king snake no pretty much does does a, does a good damage of uh, fighting off the, the nasty poisonous mm -hmm. ones. I mean, we we've got diamondback, timber rattlers, uh, cottonmouths, uh, 
corals, all that type stuff. But you won't find the copperhead south of like an eight mile imaginary boundary. It's weird. I don't know if it's something in the soils, coastal. I don't, I have no clue, but you won't find them. But you'll find them from here all the way up to like Tennessee. Interesting. That I never really put, never put that thought into it. Mm hmm. And then some parts of Tennessee outside of the mountains, I think they have them. But okay. it's weird. Like there's just those imaginary boundaries where just animals stop. Like I helped trap, I helped the state of Alabama and Auburn University uh, trap black bears here in my hometown. We trap collar, radio collar, uh, put the uh, pit tags in them, like the little microchips they put in your pets. Put those on them. They pull a tooth for aging the bears, stuff like that. Okay. But our bears are Floridius bears. In in North Alabama, you have a Virginius bear. Totally different digestion system. Okay. So they don't intermix. Like they don't. There's a there's a huge gap right in the middle of the state where there's like nothing. So you have right. southern bears and northern bears. They never go up and down, but they'll go side to side. It's crazy. It's it's, it's weird to me. But we have such a small population that they're already starting to see like inbreeding in some of the cubs. I got you. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, the trail cam footage in Florida where they saw a uh, bobcat actually eating pythons, python eggs? Yeah. It's like, that that's wild? a good sign. That's a good sign. It's like, hey, I'm all for reintroducing that. That's that yep. uh, cat down there. That kitty probably died because I think I think pythons protect their nests kind of like an alligator up to a certain point, I think. Okay. So that kitty probably didn't make it far off the camera. <laughs> if am, that is the case. Yeah, I don't know. Because I haven't seen any more footage man. on it. They've been catching those things that are monsters. I've been watching some guys on on uh, TikTok. All they do is is catch pythons, and uh, they, they just very go, well too. They go out at nighttime in these like flooded areas. And they just shine their lights and look for ripples on the water to find these snakes. And they're catching giants, man. Oh yeah, that I, would I, probably be a fun job. They, I, I was uh, my buddy uh, John Avalos. He does the Bass Patrol Nation. He sent me a link yeah. for for an application. It's like seventy five grand a year. Yeah, hurting just to go after them. And the best part is you can use twenty twos, you can use air rifles, you can use a bow. Yeah. Or you go, or if you if you go a while, you want to be uh, Steve Earl and you can jump on top of him and let's go for a ride. Yep, I'd be out there with a shotgun. Every time I saw one, I'd blow him in half. Oh, I would, I would do too. I, the funny thing is, I used to have a python or a boa as a pet. It got over ten feet long and just absolutely massive. Used to sit on both of my shoulders. The snake would come right up here. His head would be right here. I'd I'd freak out so many people because it's like I get bored and I will go out for a walk and, and on a nice hot day, I like the sun, the snake and. People look and they're like, "What? What?" Is it? Like their eyes just get big as because like, you see these two mounds of flesh on both, and you just see this little snake sitting up here. It just—it is the coolest thing. And I had a buddy of mine from college that like, he used to come over every feeding time because he just liked the like the way it attacked it, wrapped it up, and ate the large rats. Wow, that's something I have never wanted in my life. <laughs> yeah, I have never wanted a snake. Yep, I, I don't have. I won't get a snake again. Now I just deal with dogs. But my wife doesn't like snakes, so I'm just gonna stick with dogs. Yeah, we got we got a dog. We got we got two cats. But 
fix and get some turkeys though if she'll <laughs> let me oh you want you want to start raising some yeah I, i've been wanting turkeys for a long time we used to have my grandparents used to have turkeys um and i just my uncles had them or my great uncles had them and you can walk out on the porch and just clap your hands and then things would just gobble their heads off oh have so, you ever heard of a peacock sound off yeah God, yeah there was a they're ugly there was a, it is it's horrible there was a lady that lived i don't know 150 yards from my aunt and uncle one time yeah. and she raised those things i bet she had 50 of them and they'd get charged up and Oh, it was just, it was like somebody was dying down there. It was horrible. Yeah, they, it, they're a very weird sound. I had a, I had friends out in Arizona that used to, they had a, they were a rehabilitation farm and they had a couple of on there and they didn't, we, we were using the turkey call because they also have turkeys too. And they, they hated that squawky sound. They'd sound off every time we would, we would hit the, uh, the chalk. Yeah. You know, a peacock, they actually make a peacock call for turkey hunting. Really? Yeah, they say you hit that peacock call and it'll drive that turkey absolutely apeshit. No shit, I have never I've thought never about tried using... it. Yeah, that yeah, was I've something never fun tried to try. it. That's what they say. Yeah, I've never I, heard I, of that. Yeah, peacock call. You can buy them. You, there's several people that call makers that make them. No kidding. But yeah, they say if you can't get a turkey to gobble that peacock call and make it happen. That is pretty sweet, man. Is there anything we haven't talked on, t- touched on that you want to talk about? Because I, I know we we haven't talked about what you and your buddy are planning. Podcast, oh, Lord. Oh yes, yes. I was like, God, which buddy did I talk to you about? <laughs> <laughs> I've got so much crap in the works. Oh, so yeah, we haven't come up with a name for it yet. We may do a poll. Let's see if we can get some people to vote on it. And get it and figure out what the people want it to be called. What would be a cool name for it? Um, but yeah, we want to we want to start a podcast. We're new to this, which I've done several of these with multiple people, and I'm happy to be back here with you. As always, I remember there was a time you were like ready to throw the towel in, and I was I was sitting on the creek bank deer hunting, and I called you and talked to you on the phone. Oh and, yeah, uh, Cody and I were having some heated discussions through text messaging. <laughs> He got, he kind of, he, he called in the, the big guns and yeah, we had it. We, you, you calmed us down. Yeah. We've had some fun calls, fun conversations. <laughs> oh, you're duck hunting. It's like, yeah, it's like, how are you doing, man? I understand you're having a rough time with some conversations with Cody here. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting on a, I was just sitting on a Creek bank and just sitting there watching a Creek open Creek flat. And I was like, yeah, I was like, man, proud of this dude. How far you've come with this. And uh, thank you. I appreciate the- it. You're the one that when I was when when me and Hunter talked about doing this podcast, I was like, calling Jeff. I'm calling him. Like, that's gonna that dude's gonna be the one that knows what I need to do. So we want to try to start something up. There's not a single podcast in our area of Alabama. Everything that we have, like he's got a pretty good following across social media, TikTok. He's got like 1.8 million people that follow him on TikTok. No shit. That's that's um, a good that's yeah. a good way to jump. Get so when you're getting getting those numbers for getting a sponsorship and stuff like that, that'll be the way to do it. Though a good person to listen to about how to formulate a podcast and how to go after your marketing and how to like really uh, hone in on your bill on your billables. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss has like a three and a half hour long podcast about how to cult like once you get to a certain amount of listenership and viewership if you're if you stream your podcast and you get really good 
uh, viewing stuff like that. He talks about how to do it, and he has it right on the money. What you'll do is once you're pulling the numbers that you think you can actually do, you you are going to get some bigger sponsors. Do full year, do one year sponsors. Don't do quarterly sponsors. Don't do uh, p p uh, uh, per minute or like per download one. Or like I I can't remember. There's an acronym for it, but that's what you want to do. Just go after it. like you want to. If you want to book with me, it's going to be an entire year, and you pay me up front. None of this, none of this monthly payment bullshit. So you pay me up front. That's it. If 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 we can't make it happen, that's that's it. It is. But it's like you don't. You're not worried about going into collections. You're not having to track down these payments. It's like you do a full right. year and we're good to go. And it's like that is smart. But then again, Tim Ferriss he pulls in um, T- Todd McFarlane, Arm Schwarzenegger, uh, Doctor Gabor Mate, Steve, uh, Doctor or Joe Rogan. So you understand, like he pulls in that credibility to be able to pull that stuff off. And if right. you and your friend hit those numbers, you're hitting. 70 150 180,000 downloads a week dude that 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 money will come in for you and you can then you get to the point where you can pick and choose right so that's something that we neither one of us have any idea about don't know anything about subscribers monetizing anything like that we're just two two guys that know how to make money with our hands and our brain we don't know how to make it on the internet (laughs) 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 we're so far behind the curve on this and but we want we think we've got a pretty good little little network base already as far as getting and maintaining uh fresh guests mm-hmm. uh regularly um and keeping it interesting because there's so much that I feel like I could I feel like I would be good on your end asking the questions that nobody mm-hmm. knows and Asking the, trying to get the answers that everyone wants to know, um, trying to drive stuff home. I feel like I could, I'd be pretty good at the, on that side of it, as far as that aspect goes. I don't know as much about being entertaining. Uh, <laughs> you you never know if you're gonna be entertaining. Now there's some goofy fuckers out there that are pulling a half million downloads. <laughs> so you know you you just never know what's gonna take off. You know that's the unique right. thing. I and so you just you just gotta just do it and that's the biggest thing but it's the it's the consistency that's the biggest thing because it's like i've seen outdoor podcasts start and stop because they couldn't they, they were able to put the discipline to it be consistent with it and produce good quality and that's the biggest thing is like once you once you start learning it and, and if you have the income level to pay for somebody to do it that's great but uh that's where it comes down to, to, to the grind for it i enjoy doing it i like connecting people i have some amazing sponsors that i work with on my podcast so and I, I just, I, I don't do this for the money. I like this for the, 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 the journey of it because it's opened up a lot of fun doors and I got to cross paths with a lot of unique people. So, and it's right. amazing how many people are willing to just like, Hey, want to come on pod? Like Melissa Bachman from Winchester. She's an awesome gal. She's like, you ask her, she'll jump on. You have, uh, Armando, uh, Martinez from the bow hitch, uh, Dan, um, from bow spider chris ham i mean he is just a a down-to-earth man it's like there's a lot of cool people out there you got my buddy jeremy fish from the toxin app it's like there's a lot of cool people that are doing stuff out there that are willing to jump on a podcast and just talk because it's like they miss it because everything is all now text that's what we've moved yeah. to and it's like that's I, I, this nobody is talks a, anymore a dying so that's what we want to get back to yeah conversation off the cuff just Man, it would be just phenomenal. We might could even call it. Remember that old page we had around the campfire? Oh yeah, around the campfire. Yeah, before you before you yeah. took over and rebranded it. Yeah, 
yeah, we could maybe even call it that around the campfire with uh, River Legend out, Outfitters and Native Sense. There you go. Something like that. That might be a pretty catchy name mm-hmm. around the campfire. And there's very few podcasts like mine where, they, where I travel and do podcasts. I'll, I'll go on location. I've gone to um, uh, multiple expos, do a podcast right there, sit down uh, BHA, sit down and do a podcast with those guys, and just being able to do it. And so it's like I kind of have a, an insight of what boards, boards you want to look at. Like the one I sent you tonight is something right. that I'm currently using right now, and it's like it's not expensive. So the nice thing is you can you don't have to buy a – $500 mic to produce a good sound. It's just like learning on how to do it. And that's like the, the best part is, is like, if, if I don't know it, I could find somebody that does know it. And the cool part is I, we have a really good group of guys that it's probably like, um, maybe less than 200 people, but all of us do podcasts. We all, we all communicate and talk like, Hey, I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling with X. I'm dealing with Y. It's like, or does anybody have a discount code for Adobe or something like that to, to work with all those, those programs and such. Right. Yep, that's what I've got to try to figure out. Mm-hmm. What programs I need. Do you think I need one of those little portables? I It's something if you can dabble into. I have uh, a pod, uh, Zoom podcast one. They have a they have a four port and they have an eight port, which you can have like eight four guests or eight guests on. And it's really small, all, all inclusive. It has a it's battery updated. It uses a SD card, really easy to update. You can even have a laugh track on there. You can put your intro on there. You can you can put the the waning trombone like wah wah wah, or you can do a laugh yeah. track with it too. So there's there's something like that. It's pretty simple, and it's only like I I got mine on steel. It's like retail 150 bucks. Best Buy for some reason wants to sell sell for 250. I got it for 88 bucks. So it's like it was really simple to use, and it runs all XLR mics, and it's something real small because like when i go to math when i go to the martin church fest we're going to be up on the mountain and we're going to be doing a podcast at ten thousand elevation so i'm going to carry right. that my water my microphones we're going to go all the way up there i'm even looking i just bought a, a lavalier mic so this way a little pin onto your your lapel yeah just to see how that works i bought one because they're like because they they go from like 35 all the way up to like oh, 200 bucks for one and it's like let me play with one that's got really positive reviews and see how it all works out. And the best part is there's a lot of good people out there that have done reviews on certain mics as you can get an idea on how does it flow with you and, and does it meet your budget? So that's, we want to be able to take it and go to like trade shows. Oh, then, even, then I, I have the, I have the board for you. Like and the mics even, for if you too. We, even if we don't get a booth at the trade show, we could always walk around and, and use other people's booths and be like, Hey, would you like to do a podcast segment about your products? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right I, here at your booth, you know, without having to spend 700 bucks on a 10 by 10 space, mm-hmm. we could just go and do their, their booth spaces and do like little free shorts with them. Yeah. That, that is a great way to do it. I know um, bourbon state outdoors. That's what they do. They have a lavalier mic. They plug it into their, um, uh, iPhone and they give one mic to them and they, they have their, they put their iPhone on the highest, the best quality settings they can do. And it's like three minutes long. And then they have a great clip. And then what I've learned when you're doing trade shows, go on Fridays before the show opens up. Cause you're going to, cause it's like when they're there, they're there to work. I mean, you're paying right. six, seven, 800 bucks for a booth. It's like, that's when I go there. I'll go there. And, and best part is you have friends connections. I haven't paid for entry for a couple of years now because I'll go. I have friends that have a booth. Like, hey, can you can I get one of your passes? I'll get there Friday yeah. early morning when the doors open up. 
and I'll, I'll line everything up prior to arriving and get everything rock and rolling for them. So this way, then when the show opens up, it's game times or you do it at the end. And that's, that's where you're only probably to get like 15 to maybe, maybe a half hour. If you're lucky, I've done some during the shows, but I feel, I feel guilty because I'm pulling you're taking away. The time away from them. Right. Exactly. So it's like, some of them are very, uh, um, considerate of that. And they, then the, they're really willing to work with you too. Like why I, when I went to Iowa, I went, I went down, we went down Friday and I did a podcast Friday uh, and then we, and I, and I did, did another one on Saturday too. And I didn't, I tried to do one on Sunday, but we had a bad storm coming in and it's like everything, the storm was up North, but it's like, we had to go there. So I had to cut it off so I could get home before this, the, the snow and the freezing rain started. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I will send we're going to have board. a lot of fun with it. Because we want to go and sit down at a couple of like bow shops and stuff too, and and talk to different bow shops about their stores, what they've got to offer, what products they carry, uh, archery technical questions. Um, go to a few uh, gun stores, sit down with them, let them talk about some of their new stuff in, what makes it special, why would mm -hmm. you want it versus what you've already got ten of in your gun safe, you know. Stuff like that would be interesting. Go down to the docks and talk to some of these uh, charter boat captains about what they've been catching this week and uh, where you can, you know, what days they have available and just stuff like that. That's what we kind of want to get into, but also have our like scheduled podcasts where we have call in guests like I am now sitting here in my. In Turnerville, Alabama, the big old great Turnerville, Alabama, that doesn't even have a caution. No, we do have a caution light. <laughs> we have a caution light. Hot dog. Uh, we just got a dollar store a couple years ago, about two years ago. We got a dollar store. Um, 25 store. That's what, the, yeah. that's what the prices are now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it still closes at nine o'clock because uh, we're a very small community. But I'm talking with you way up in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really nice. And having that ability, it's, it is a nice feature to do. Like I, there's a, a gun shop that I want to sit down and talk with and, and they offer features that other gun stores don't offer. And it's like, it'd be fun to chat with them. I've done, I've had, uh, I bought products from them for when I was building my AR and they were able to get it to me and get it transferred over for, with their FFL. And it's, it's really nice to be able to do all that aspect for it. And I don't charge people do it. That's what I, when I go to these 3d shoots, I'll get the president or get somebody that's a very outspoken and passionate about the club and I get it on there because I travel all over Wisconsin. It's like, we want to get these, these, these um, clubs on the map and, and get them talking and get, and get their, get their message out there. And uh, the best part is this piece of advertising is going to be always be out there as long as I pay my subscription fee. Like I use, mm -hmm. um, I use SoundCloud and the reason why I chose SoundCloud over all the other ones is because like, it cost me 16 bucks a month to, to, to do it, but puts my podcast overseas. That's why I'm willing to do it because it's like, I don't know how well it's going to work, but they're based off their algorithm. Do you have people that watch it over there? Not watch it, but listen to it. So here, I, nice thing is I already have my page up so I can go to my insights and let you know on who had, what my top countries are overseas that, that listen to my podcast. Like I have, um, country, makes me countries. curious. We should get a bunch of rednecks together and really mess up China and Russia. <laughs> so if they're I listening have... to podcasts. We'd be like, yeah, hey, them Russians over there, they come over here. We're going to bust their ass. 
So in the last seven days, I've had people from Germany, Pakistan, Singapore, Argentina, Belgium, and Ireland, Brussels, Frankfurt, Dublin, listen to my podcast. Does it tell you how long they listen to it? No, unfortunately, like the the data for it is kind of inconsistent because every it, I don't know why they don't have more accurate information, but that's just how it is. That's a worst. That's the thing that sucks is like you just don't know what it all is. But overall, though, it's like Belgian listens to, is this, is the number one country or number two country listen to my podcast. Then it goes Germany, Ireland, Singapore, Russian Federation, Canada, India. Brazil, UK, South Africa. Uh, let's see here. Who are some of the fun ones? Uh, Islamic Republic of Islam of Iran. So that's that's random. Poland, Colombia, you know, uh, Uzbekistan, Zambia. So yeah, Guam, Honduras. So yeah, there's some. It's just cool to look through your look through my list of people, then find out that like another big city is Brussels. But then when you look at this data, then it, it gives you the it gives me an opportunity if I ever want to go on a traveling podcast while well, I guess I'm going to, to Rylander and Columbus and Sterling Heights and Muskogan and Davenport, go to my bigger cities and hell even go to Brussels or Minneapolis of some sort or Bismarck and hit some of the yeah. bigger cities. That's wild. So yeah, I was looking, it's crazy to me. So I was looking at my insights day before yesterday on Shopify. So I saw a bottle of pee at twelve ninety nine a bottle. And it was like your top 10 customers showed up on my insight. Okay. I've got customers that have spent over $2,000 with me in four years on $12 bottles of deer feet. That's awesome though. I was like, this is crazy. Like I feel like, I guess it's just who I am. I'm like, I should send them like a hundred bottles for free just because they spent that much money with me. Well, that's the best part. You can send them a hat or some stickers or a flag. Yeah, or something but, like that. yeah, appreciate it, man. Like, I won't tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a separate here's a separate receipt yeah. that's differently itemized, like with grocery yeah. list or something like that. Yeah, I, I will not tell your wife that you spent two grand on deer pee in four <laughs> deer seasons. I won't do it as long as you keep buying. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to send you a card and send her a card. Yeah. Yeah, Send her one. But, like, this is where your Disney vacation went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Jeff, it's been fun, bud. Oh, it is a blast. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It is always a blast. Next year, I, I, I should figure out how it all works out to maybe make a trip out to NWTF in Nashville. I mean, that would be a fun one to go to just because of how big it is and how massive it is. You know, uh, Bourbon, Jeremy from Bourbon State Outdoors is, is blowing up and like, I want to do a podcast with him, but he was there for working. And it's like, by time Saturday got done with his day or Friday, it's like you're burnt out, you're tired, you've done shows. You're just like, some people can keep talking. Some people are just like, it just put a lot yeah. of energy into it. That's one thing I guess I've been fortunate about. I, I never get tired of talking about my passion and what I enjoy. It kind of got to the point last year, really. And some of this year is past year, but it's because my prior job made me so available. I was almost too available to my customers. 
and what I mean by that is I didn't get off work till 1030 at night. So I wouldn't be home and ready for bed till 12, 1230. So if I had a message, I would answer it. And then it was okay because I was awake anyway. Why not answer my customer and have that phenomenal customer service? Emails, text me- or Facebook messages, Instagram messages. And then it got to where people would start calling me at like 1045, 11 o'clock at night, wanting to ask what's the best way to use it. Okay. And I'm like, dude, it's 1045 at night. You want me to tell you how to use Deer Pee at 1045 at night? It's not horrible. And it's not that it was irritating, but it was like, I shouldn't have had to be trying to answer these questions on my drive home from work. You know what I'm saying? And I put a hours of operation up from nine to five, Monday through Friday, because it had gotten to the point with emails and messages that I would have to pick where I wanted to, like if I had an afternoon that I could go hunt on a Saturday, I'd have to figure out where the best location for cell phone service was going to be. Because if I didn't have cell phone service, I wouldn't be able to answer my customers while I was in the stand. So it's like I'm sitting there working the whole time, looking for something. Texting, look over, nothing. Text, look over here, nothing. Text. And I had a guy called me wanting to know about his order at like 11.55 one night. He oh, had man. just he had just placed the order at like 11.53 and he called me at 11.55 to ask when would it be there. And I was like, this is too available. And I'm sure other, and some people may look at that and be like, I don't know why you're complaining, but other small business owners completely get it like we have lives too you know and our lives don't necessarily revolve around our product and some of that type stuff kind of started wearing thin on me you know by yourself trying to make all this stuff happen and then you got people complaining and shipped it at 11 50 at night why isn't it already shipped you know like ups isn't even open but stuff like that, it makes you makes you kind of jealous of people that don't have a product. They just mm-hmm. make money with talking to people and, and doing reviews and stuff. And then sometimes those people don't understand the, the struggles of, of manufacturing product. Right. And I think a lot of people should I think I think it's a conversation that needs to be held without the fear of losing customers. Because we're people just like you are, you know, some people have been, have told me, you know, I should be more available for questions, but anytime they have questions, I'll sit there on the phone with them for an hour talking to them. They'll tell me 20 different deer hunting stories before they ever say, how do I use the spray bottle? You know, and you're just like, I thought you just wanted to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I've been I've, I've been fortunate with that. I don't get upset with them, but I definitely talk. 
I don't have a problem with that part of it. That is a real pleasant. Yeah, Jeremy uh, from uh, uh, Bourbon State Outdoors, he says like there, it's for your sanity to have that that fine line. So this way you have that separation. I have a buddy of mine that uh, Badger State Outdoors. It's like he sold him and his wife sold their house because it, it was just too big for the two of them. It's just the two of them. Their son's already grown up. He's on his own life now. And so they sold the house and they reinvested back into their business. And then they moved in to their archery shop. And it's like, it's nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. They're knocking on the back door, asking them like, Hey, yeah. can you come look at my bow? It's like, Oh man. Or even when they didn't move into their shop and they're living in the house, it's a small town. I mean, I think it probably was like 500 people. People walk to their house and knock on their doors. Like, Hey, I, I, I need some arrows cut or, or I, can you tie this peep in? It's like, Dude, it's nine o'clock. I'm at my, my house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my shed is in my backyard where I do all of my work. I don't have to leave my house to work. I walk out the back door across the yard and I'm in, I'm in the barn. But, and people come here and buy peat. Like, and it, it it's, it's not necessarily bad, I don't guess, but it could get, I think it could get bad at some point. Yeah, so I finally finished. I finished. I finished my fence and got both of my gates up now. From mm-hmm. the last hurricane, the hurricane blew my fence over. But I would walk out to my shed first thing that morning. I'd, I'd go to my shed at seven seven thirty that morning. I'd open the fridge to get a bottle, a jug of pee out to start bottling, and I'd look on the shelf in the fridge, and there would be twenty bucks, forty bucks, hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. People had come through sometime while I was at work that night and just grabbed pee and had like an honor, had their own little honor system in my fridge. That's scary, but also cool in the same set notion. Right. But I don't know if they grabbed 20 bottles or if they grabbed two bottles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not there to, I mean, at any given time, there could be 7000 to $8,000 worth of product in those fridges waiting to go out to someone that's already paid for it yeah. like as fast as the product moves dude i was it's crazy excuse me i had uh i've got seven stores here that i personally restocked okay in jan around the second week of january we had a cold front coming through every single one of those stores restocked three times in a four day span at a hundred bottles a pop. So wow. it was 300 bottles per store in four days out of seven stores. It was moving that fast. I was backlogged 300 orders online that ranged from three bottles in order to 10 bottles in order because I didn't have enough pee. I only collect the pee as we artificially inseminate. So as he runs a group of does through, I collect the last 30 hours of estrus. So whatever I get from there is what I get from that group of does. Like I, I don't have vast unlimited amount. So as I'm getting it, it's sold. And then people started calling and fussing and wanting to know where it was at and this and that. And then it was so cold. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we got we got down to like uh, I think it was like 12, 13 days of sh- like straight cold weather. That's just that doesn't happen in Alabama. 
we didn't get over like 34, 35 degrees for like 12 days. Well, when it's cold, deer don't drink and deer don't pee if they don't drink. Those 12 days set me back like three weeks worth of orders. There's nothing I could do about it. I think I lost my, here it is. I thought I lost my, my, my sound. Okay. So yeah, it set me back like three weeks in orders. Damn, that's and crazy. I, I still had people coming in and grabbing bottles at night without me knowing and leaving money in the fridge. And then that was putting me behind because I'm working off a very limited supply at this moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like we, we ran like 16 does in that span and only got like a half a gallon of urine from 16 does because it was so cold. They just weren't, they weren't drinking. They were just huh. eating, drinking very little. Man, that is something else. Yeah. yeah. I got like a half a gallon of estrus across like 15, 16 does in that span. That can't supply anything. And I had stores that were loading me up, 100 bottles. I need another 100. I need another 100. I need another 100. I need another 100. I was like, I went through like 9,000 bottles in a two-week span. I was like, I don't have an ounce to give anybody right now. And then it warmed up miraculously. And I started getting some more pee flow. And I started filling all of those orders. But, yeah, people were still doing, like, the honor drop system. And I was like, y'all got to quit. You're killing me. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, plus you don't want to put that on Haley. Because it's like, he, she'd probably freak out if somebody's back there and stuff like that. And she may bring a gun out. And like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing here? I got kids uh, in the house she, here. She knows better during deer season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows better during deer season. She, uh, she knows that there's going to be somebody... Like she'll send me a message, be like, "Hey, do you know who's in this white truck?" She'll send me a picture of it. Or do you know who's in this red truck? She'll send me a picture. And I'm like, "Yeah, I told them that." Like sometimes I'm like, uh, "I'll figure it out." So yeah, I've got to. Um, uh, we bought so we bought ten acres of land, um, uh, year before last, and. Uh, I just made a cold call on 10 acres that was next door to my parents' house. And the guy was like, I'll take 30 grand for it. What happened? There you are. I can hear you now. <laughs> there we go. So we bought this 10 acres like a uh, year before last. So I got the mulching guy that supposed, he was supposed to have started today, I think, but he, I never heard from him. So I'm hoping he starts to either tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, so I'm getting me a new barn built once I get the land cleared and I'm moving. I'm moving my whole operation over there where nobody knows where it's at. Good, good. Do that. Because, I mean, a lot of people are like, it's just deer pee. But then you think about what the value of it is. I mean, that's a lot of money that could be missing. Somebody could jack me for real and mess me up big time at this point because I'm 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 not I'm I'm still a very small operation. Don't get me wrong, but we have big numbers for the small operation, and it's just it's one of those things that stresses you out as a business owner. Yeah, when we earlier today tonight we were talking about people just stealing their flags off the flagpoles. I mean, yeah. they're they're stealing flags. Like, what do you think they're going to do when they come in and take a whole bunch of diamond buck and doe and estrus and just regular dope? 
Yeah, I had all those flags made for my dealers, and I was giving them to my dealers. They were hanging them up at their stores. They'd come in the next day, and flags gone. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, there's only like 30 flags, period. So if somebody ever posts a picture on social media with that damn flag in the background, I won't go get it back. <laughs> That's, just, that's what we have up here. Like a lot of our clubs around here, what they'll do is they'll run them 365. They'll, they'll, they'll have the nicer Reinhardt's or Merle target, some of that. Well, one of the shoot, one of the targets we go or one of the places we go shoot, well, they got robbed last winter. All of a sudden, like a couple of counties down, they find the uh, targets on Facebook marketplace. And they reach out to the people that bought them and stuff like that. And like, and Hey, it's like, they, they, they were smart. They put their they put their file information inside the inserts, and so they went went bust them. Or well, they got the targets back, busted the guy because one of the board members was a cop. So it's like, well, guess what, Doctor Doc, you're going to jail. Man, we yeah. just busted yeah. one of one of the guys that was working for me at my new job. He uh, we we got a picture of him on a uh, what are those cameras? They're the ones that everybody hates. Spy point. <laughs> spy point. I was gonna say muddy, but yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, spy point. Everybody, you, you all, all you hear, all you see on social media is like, man, I'm so these spy points are garbage or whatever. I like them. We just caught a dude stealing backpack blowers and chainsaws and all that. He, we had fired him for making threats, but then we pulled the or when we filed the police report, they pulled all of his pawn shot records, and he had stole way more than what we thought he did. <laughs> but we still had air tags that they had glued to these things from over the years, and, which they didn't work, but it was identifying markers. That dude, he just got a first degree felony because of the, 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 the total value of what he stole. Jesus, yeah. man, that's, that's yeah. something. Well, get yeah. this. Theft is horrible right now. Oh, well, this is the, this, this will, this will piss you off. So there's, there's a guy that was murdered last year. It was, we, I live in a very purple town. And we, we have a homeless camp that we set up that purposely set it in because they were paying for them to stay in hotels. Well, eventually we ran out of other people's money. And well, last summer, one guy got stabbed and he was supposed to be charged with 16 felonies and another one was supposed to be second degree murder. The judge, for some odd reason, took his uh, sentence and dropped it down to negligence handling of a, of a deadly weapon. And his last name Brad. I have no idea. And they gave him they gave him time served, and it's supposed to and the, the, the charge is only four and a half years. He killed a man, and that just lets them know that the, the people of Lacrosse County, if you're homeless and you kill a man, if you kill a homeless man, that man's life has no value. And we're right. gonna give you and and he only gave him four and a half years. That's it. And he gave him two years. Uh, so he's gonna get out in two and a half years because they gave him time served as well. So apparently, you know, this happened two years ago, two and a half years ago then. Just kind of put in perspective because it took a while to get him to, to court. Well, get this. One of the guys that's on my jersey, the company that I used to buy my bowstrings for, he got popped positive, he got popped for CP on January 4th. So so instead of getting new jerseys, I found a, a Velcro patch and I just super glued it on there. But yeah, he got popped for CP, child porn. I read his police report and the cops had him dead to rights. I mean, he, they, they could have locked and thrown away the keys because um, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Instagram, and uh, I think there was another, or was that all three of them? But they all turned in the information to the um, 
children of exploited uh company wherever, wherever that, that 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 in between so they, they turned them all in and the cops had so much information that he should never have been let out of prison well get this so the cop or the the judge that he went and saw set the bail for 50 grand saw a different judge then that judge dropped from 50 grand to 10 grand so all you do is pay 10 percent. so he's out on a thousand dollar bond a pedophile it's like and the, the the thing is, the judge was only on the bench. He's because he, he, he'll be he is up for reelection in twenty twenty five. So like, we got to get rid of this pedophile judge because it's like the thing is like when you look at a pedophile, you got to look at him as like a coyote. Coyotes will either hunt by themselves or hunt in packs, and yep. that's just how they all work and stuff like that. And it's like he had he had CP on his Garmin watch. They so what they did is they the cops went in after they read everything and had filed a warrant for arrest stuff like that and they went to this place of business they arrested him and by the time they got to that front door he was asking for a lawyer because they had him dead to rights he should not be walking around on ROR right now and and stuff like that and come to find out i don't know if you know this but wisconsin is number five for the amount of pedophiles per capita oregon comes at number one it's at 640 pedophiles per 100,000. Wisconsin comes in like 540 per 100,000 people. I don't even know what Alabama is. What's Alabama? I have I look don't at, know because I don't live there, so it's like I it's look it look it up. See if there's a statistic on there. I I could probably dig it. I could probably dig it up and stuff like. But yeah, he's he's walking around and stuff like that. that it's crazy. like yeah, they, they need to they need to see. You know what they do in Alabama with pedophiles? They castrate them. I mean, oddly enough, it's the same drugs they give to to preteens. To shut off their yep. their hormones, stuff like that. But the yep. nice thing is, Alabama's done some good we stuff. They chemically, we we chemically castrate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think it's like, well, they're like they're, they're like a dog. They're going to re- they're criminals. If you those who pay attention to true crime or watch true crime shows on TV, like the first forty eight, they always reoffend. A dead yep. predator doesn't day. reoffend. Yeah. No, absolutely, he can't. Like a dead man can't testify. Yeah, always yeah, shoot yeah. to kill, never shoot to injure. Yeah, exactly. Because now you face for uh, civil lawsuit and stuff like that. Man, yep. it's just it's just so frustrating that we we have this. And these are local celebrity in our in our area for, in the archery world here, dude. It's just it's just so fucking nuts that it pisses me off because it's like it he, it's and I read I read through it's absolutely disgusting what he is. Luckily, his daughter didn't meet his demographic. Otherwise, she could have she could he could have started concluding yeah. her. Luckily. This yeah. nice thing that somebody was in in uh, uh, Snapchat, so the, a person saw this stuff and they reported. It. But get this though too, uh, Patreon, it has that the, the they fired their entire cybersecurity because they found that uh, Patreon was allowing CP on their platform. They fired everything. They even fired the head of their um, their IT support. The IT there, there's a comp- there's a website called Glassdoor. He put a plea on there for the FBI to investigate it. But then again, we know the FBI is willing to cover up pedophiles because they haven't gone after the Epstein. Look what they've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you can actually find the black book that, that it's a 96 page document. It takes a while to dig for, it, but the, the great thing about TikTok, you can find it. Somebody already put it on there. And guess who's on there? Donald Trump is on there too. Like there's a lot of pedophiles that are on there that are the top elites. And it's it's this awakening that we went through in 2016 to, to today. Like we see, we see the evil. And um, I was I was watching oddly enough a TikTok video I sent you, and it's like reason why Christian Christians can see 
uh, see evils because we know what we're looking for. We're looking for the devil in the details. And once you see it, you can't, you can't unsee it. It's kind of, kind of like uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a devil worshiper. She's got uh, backwards lyrics in her songs. Or she's, she gave her soul to the devil and she regrets it. She even, it's like she's even playing on told. One of her good friends is Emilia Bramovich, which is known for soul cooking. And right. she did, holds big old parties like with Ellen DeGeneres and Kevin Spacey and Seth Green and all these fuckers and stuff like that. It's just so yep. disgusting. And we, we know the bad guys, but we have no good guys in the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. We don't have these good guys. But now here's the double-edged sword. You and I are talking about this stuff. If the NSA or the FBI wants to be an asshole, oh, guess what, Mr. Vance? We're going to drop CP on your phone. And you, yeah. you, you're now, you're now you're like, what the fuck do you do? What yeah, does that's the guy like do? You wonder how many of those people that they do pin it. Like, I was, like this kid that was 21 years old and then in the Air National Guard. How okay. did he actually have? How did he actually have classification? To They're get morons. The, yeah, the, the Pentagon, like classified areas of the Pentagon. Well, put it this way: they, like, put it this I, way. I just uh, don't see that. Well, MEPS now has reduced the requirements for IQ. They have reduced the weight classification again into the military, and they've also uh, opened up different mental disabilities to get in the military too, as well. So. The military struggling, and so they're dropping all the qualifications. Oh, absolutely. They, they need people in it. And oh, then, absolutely. And then on top of that, too, anybody that's worth a shit is leaving. They're leaving out because of the the weak leadership. They don't want to. They don't want to be part of the next the next SS. Right. Because the people that are leaving, the people that are coming in. Those are the ones that are easily brainwashed. And we're, we're we're if if you're studying World War II history, you will know that we are in the precursors of World War II. In this case, World War Three. But it's it's but the World War Three has been going on since World War Two ended, and just people don't realize that the the, the Nazis did go away. They just rebranded themselves as Democrats. I yep. mean, it's like if you start looking at the scripture, you start looking at all the stuff. It's like the stuff's out there, but you have to be awake to see it. Right. See it. And if you're woke, there's actually a proper ac- acronym. What actually do you know what woke stands for? No. Willingly overlooking known evil. That is the yeah, acronym for woke. And so it's like, if you say you're woke, you, you knowingly are overlooking it. We have, we, we're normalizing mental disorder. Like right now, uh, I'm not going to get too political on it, but there's a few things I'll say off the air that just drive me wild that would be considered blackface, but in a different gender. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's just. Hey, you, how, many, how many people do you know right now, young people that are on antidepressants? Everybody. Everybody is. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. There was not even there was never an issue growing up. Well, we were Kids outside. We were we were outside. We were running around. We had vitamin D. We didn't have all these processed sugars. You know, the, the funny thing is like both your kids, by the time they hit 18, it, it depends if you if you stick to um the um their your doctor's regimen for all the vaccines. They're gonna have like something like 72, 80, 72 to 90 vaccines by the time they hit 18. You know how many I had being born in 84? I had 15. My last vaccine was in 1998 because I had I got a the flu vaccine. I was sick for eight months. It's like fuck this shit. I will rather just deal with the the, the short form of it and be fine with it. And so it's right. like that was a, but now it's like you if you're born after 86, it's like they're gonna pump you through them. So it's like they want you, they want your kids to be sick because they're gonna make you they're gonna make billions off your kids. Million yep. bi- millions, million billions is a total, but millions off your kid because of all of the crap we've created 
we should technically be the healthiest time in history, but we're the sickest. Right. And that's great. The most obese, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I can't, but I'm actually trying to do my best to, to cut down. And, and I've been taking my, I've been going through physical therapy uh, for my hip because I took a, a hard fall a couple of years ago and it kind of our old injury resurfaced. But I went, I, I have a rule, I have, I'm seeing three or two a physical therapists and a, and a chiropractor that specializes in hip and back. And he, I've been following his instructions to a T and it's like the, the, I used to have a constant pain and now it's like a two or a three, but I just, I learning how to stretch properly and all that stuff, but it's something that I can't stop doing because it could reoccur, re-injure again, because once, once it gets injured, it's, it's prone to happening again, which is what right. sucks, but it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Oh. Ain't nothing you do about Alabama has like the most Alabama and Mississippi are probably the most obese states in the whole freaking country. I think I think the, I, thought, I thought Texas took it. I think I thought Austin was the most obese city in the in the United States. It's definitely the most liberal now. Yeah, I've noticed that the, the further south you get, the fatter you get. You know. Yeah. Because it's like you don't sweet have to teas, do- man. Sweet teas, biscuits and syrup, jellies. But also, oh, you, you guys don't get cold. You know, guys don't get snow. That's another thing too. Yeah, I've seen like yep. all my travels from all. I've been to on both sides of I ninety, and it's like as long as there's snow, you're always going to see people that are going to stay healthy because you never know what's going to happen when you get stuck on I ninety or I thirty five. You could be there for fourteen to sixteen hours. Right. It's weird. It is different. You know, I was watching a documentary about Antarctica. The researchers in Antarctica. And they were saying that like the regular calorie intake in Antarctica was like 9,800 calories a day. Which makes sense because it's fucking cold. Yeah. They, they shiver, you, you, you burn more calories shivering in cold than you do in a freaking cardio workout. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is, it's shivering. Yep. It is absolutely wild, man. And plus, when you start listening to like Dan Pena, Dan Pena is a multi billionaire. All of his stuff, if you ever want to learn how to become good, businessman you don't want to go to get an mba from harvard or something like that he has all of his stuff from dating back from the 80s for free he's got some like 20 gigs worth of information but most people are lazy complaining and and yeah useless i only only the people i have my podcast are people are doers they get out there and do it i may be a fat guy but i'll tell you what i will i will work my ass off in the field i will be out there uh cutting logs down i'd be working it's like i just you just got that you gotta have that that initial foundation of hard work in your soul just to continue doing right. it because it's i'm like, gonna I, tell I, you right now any anybody that has the willpower to do anything this is their time to make something of themselves mm-hmm. there's not enough people out there willing to work right now to compete with you yeah especially if you want to become an electrician if you want to uh, if you want to become There's a plumber, nobody to compete with, because the yeah. best part is, is like you, you can, the, those positions cannot be replaced by a robot or AI. It's like we we've seen uh, Walmart closing down, firing people. We got uh, people being replaced by uh, uh, kiosk at McDonald's and stuff like that. All that fun stuff. All that stuff is getting replaced. I mean, you're yeah. when AI finally takes over, we're going to see a drop in doctors. We're going to see a drop in administrative class i mean hell there's there's uh chat gpt can write a better contract for a contract lawyer than a contract lawyer can i mean it passed mm-hmm. the like the chat gpt4 passed the bar with a 98 percent. it passed um the uh 
oh, the boards for getting your your medical license, like someone like a ninety five percent in in Chat GPT three and stuff like that. And now now teachers are now have to go to an AI to find out if the kids were cheating when they wrote their papers because they're they're it's like where we're coming where the creativity is is dying, you know, yeah. and it's like the hard work There's is dying. Nothing but cheat codes. There's yeah. gonna be nothing but cheat yeah. codes to life with 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 AI. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know how many businesses are going to be created totally created through artificial intelligence oh hundreds, hundreds how many billion or how many businesses and they're going to do great because it's going to give them every single outline every single program all of their marketing everything they need to do to make you could probably go in in an ai program within the next four to five years and be like, build me a billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, there were, there, uh, I was, there was a guy on TikTok that asked, how do I start, how do I build a business? And it took them step-by-step step to build an e-commerce store. So I, not to knock on Cody and his knowledge, but Cody now will be run obsolete because of his e-commerce yeah. ability. Because I go to chat TTP four and it's like, Hey, I want to build a, a, a marketing brand or, or, or the chat GPT had him go and build a, uh, uh, do a, um, creatine supplement. And they told him to charge it by 39 99. And it told him where to post it, where to do your advertising at, how much budget you should spend. I mean, it told him everything, how to do it. And it's like the money, it's, it's, it's literally a printing machine. Now it's the only downside is our only biggest competitor is the world economic forum, or I like to call them the world enslavement forum. It makes you wonder if they're not, it makes you wonder though, if they're not really behind it with the intentions of making weaker people. What's that old saying? Hard times make weak people. No, hard times make hard hard men make good times. Good times make weak men type scenario. And then on top of that too, I don't know if you, if I sent you a video. The weak men make hard times. Exactly. So that's what we're going to eventually go into. But then again, if you, there's a lot of people talking about, like, there's a lot of biblical prophecy that are coming true, especially with the phrase rivers drying up. And we're seeing, like, there's some people saying, like, uh, they're, they're, the two witnesses are walking around and they're being uh, shunned by, like, would be uh, the Tate brothers and um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Hicks. But his, his, uh, his alter ego is um, Alex Jones type scenario you know it's like it, these are some loud speaking people that are purposely being shut down like they what they'll do is they'll they'll deplatform you first then they'll come at you and sue you and if that doesn't work then they'll come and they'll either kill you or they'll put you behind bars that's what they're doing with the tate brothers because they're, they're speaking truths they're talking about men being more masculine something but one thing that i just found out uh that i sent i actually sent you the video in your tiktok feed i don't know if you watched it yet but they're they i don't know the the, the group that sued the epa but they actually uh, got out where it's like a 400-page document about fluoride in our waters. And for developing brains, such as your kids, if they have fluoride in the water, it'll actually deplete, deplete their IQ. And it's like, and it's, and then it, 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 this study was published May of 2020, 22, and, it, and, it, and the information didn't finally get out until March 15th of 2023. So it's like, if you, you need to, it's like the fluoride is what's making this this making people so shut off spiritually and they're making people very weak and very dumb. It's just how it all is. Yeah. You can't have control over smart people. Mm -hmm. And on top of that too, we, we have a really big massive, have you read the, uh, uh, behold the pale white horse? 
written by William Cooper back in 1990 or 1991. They talk, he, he breaks down about everything that's currently happening right now. Uh, he's, he, he was, um, uh, he was, uh, killed by the, the sheriff in Arizona and the FBI. They killed him because he was, he was, well, he was, he was, he was waking people up. You don't, we don't want people knowing about our aerial praying here. That's the real problem. But now the thing is that they've learned the, the satanic worshipers is that if they tell you what they're doing, then they'll get away with it because they're, because it's like, if you don't stop us, you're giving us permission to continue doing it. But what he wrote in there is like, this is like the homosexuality, the transgender, um, all these birth control. It's all about depopulation. We have the Georgia Guidestones. For some reason, by miracle, somebody managed to destroy the Georgia Guidestones. But George Soros and a bunch of other people are going to build them again because they need to keep, they need to keep that, that pagan ritual going. Like, have you, like if you ever, ever read the Book of Jubilee or the Book of Enoch, there's a lot of shit in there that, that the, the church yes. has suppressed. That it's like, oh shit, this stuff actually makes sense. I mean, it makes sense of why the church is going through it. And, and especially with, with the most recent Pope, Popes don't retire, they die as a Pope. So they're, they're, they're this Pope that we have here is a false prophet, or or he is, I would, he's not, I haven't I paid accept. any attention to him. I don't, yeah. so here's, here, we stream everything now. I don't watch the news unless it's like a short or something. Oh, how about Tucker Carlson got fired? Yeah, Tar- Tucker Carlson got fired too. Yeah, yeah, he's out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then uh, Project Veritas, uh, Keith, um, Keith O'Toole. Well, I can't remember Keith, uh, Keith's last name, but yeah, he got he got ousted too. You know, it's like the the people are saying they're 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 hitting the right numbers. People are waking up, man. It's that's they, they don't like that stuff because that's the thing. Like, if, especially over in France, did you know the people of France are so awake that they actually went to BlackRock's headquarters in pa- in Paris and burnt the fucker down. And the police, they really? they, yeah, they, I don't know if they burned it down, but they raided it. They they actually went into it because they see the the police there know that they're poor too, and so instead of stopping them, they joined them, and so that's where we're at in society here in America. It's like we know the FBI is corrupt, so we know we can't trust them. We have the CIA, we know they can't trust them. Now it all comes down to your local Smokies, and it's like, are they going to are they going to are they going to be facing us? Or are they going to be joining us? And that's where it's going to come down to it. And we saw. And well, we that makes you wonder about that, that whole January sixth. You saw the videos of the cops were showing people in, opening the doors for people, if you, if walking you look, through the halls with people. Oh, oh, okay. that makes me wonder right there if that's not what got Tucker cut. Eh, most likely, yeah. But we we got to be careful about that because we um, on Dose After Dark, we were on YouTube. We said the E word from 2020, and we saw J six. We got we we got some strikes because we're we're speaking, we're creating food for thought. We're we're doing what uh, George Carlin did since the '60s: is tell people yeah. that you're being manipulated. There's a big club, yeah, and you ain't fucking in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think out of all of us that we know, Co- uh, Cody has the most chance of actually buying his way out of the next recession. But it's like we, as a as a as a collaborative uh, asset, working together will be the best way to survive this this right. this catastrophic app- the situation is going to be going on because. There, you 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 know the people that in your you can look at your Facebook feed. You know the ones that are going to be coming to you when they need help. And it's like that's when you figure out. It's like, well, what do, is, am I going to be unalived by my friends and family, or am I going to be unalived by the powers that be? Right. Because it's like the there's going to be a, there's, there's going to be a big shakeup. It's coming. Oh yeah, there's going to there's going to be a, scares a me, reckoning. Though, it, it it scares me because it's like, did I wait? all this time to be born and like, but you can't really blame yourself for when you were born, but it's like, 
did I just pick a really shitty time to have kids? The thing is, like, we're going to see a big, I uh, think big red it makes, well, it, it makes you wonder if they don't create a lot of this for the, the, the depopulation type issues. So if you create enough chaos, no one's going to want to bring a child into it. You're, you're not going to want to. Yeah, it's a fair well, point. You wanna, why would you want to bring a child into utter chaos in the world, knowing that maybe anything could happen, cancer, whatever, car wreck, stabbing, shooting, whatever. You may not be able to raise that child up and bring that child into a, a half-assed, decent world. You don't know. It's mm-hmm. scary, yeah. especially the way things are going now. You know, it's like all you can do is your best and try to bring your children up the way that you were brought up. Because your parents were brought up a lot worse off than what we were brought up. Mm-hmm. Because every parent wants to do better for their child. I try to, I try that method in a way, but I also try to bring my children up the same exact way I was brought up. And sometimes I spoil them a little bit. Sometimes I don't. But I'm, I, I want to get them. And that's like, I was listening to a comedian talk the other day. And he was talking about the difference between kids raised in the city and kids raised on farms. He was like, when I was a kid growing up in the city, I had chores. You ever seen farmer's kids with chores? I was a farmer's kid. He said, I had chores. He said, I had to take the trash out, do dishes, clean my room, sweep. Farmer's kid. If he didn't do his chores, the bank would foreclose the farm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and he's right. People mm-hmm. back in the day, they had to have children to maintain the farm. Mm-hmm. Now people have children out of luxury for, for joy, personal joy. Like I have a I have a child that I can focus all of my attention on. Every waking moment I get a chance, I can fo- I can focus on my child. Some kids, some people these days, I'm not so sure they don't just have children to be able to take pictures and put on Instagram and then put them in the corner on cartoons the rest of the time. Oh, look how cute she was today. Go play. There are kids you know that, are, that, that grew up and that are down, that have just turned 18 that are actually trying to pass laws to keep ki- her parents from exploiting their kids. Like I was watching one TikTok video of a gal of her trying to trying to pass laws because her parents would put everything on a blog it or vlog it like they they would over exaggerate her period and they would exploit her and stuff like that. And I don't put my, I don't put my kids on there. And like when I have my podcast guests, unless I get your permission, I don't put your kids on Facebook or Instagram because it's like, it's a child exploitation. essentially what it comes down to, you know? I mean, I put pictures of my kids up because I got a lot of family that we don't see, you know, like my daughter got her, her dance recital pictures in. I posted a picture of her in her dance recital doing her little pose, you know, for my aunts and all that live two, three hours away, hour away, uh-huh. you know, and I, I, I do it for stuff like that. Um, but like, I'm not trying to gain followers with my children. I think that's a very, very dangerous line because you could create an animal that you don't want. Yeah, that is um, very true. And also get unwanted attention. Like, uh, we've been very stern with our daughter. And so, like, when it comes to TikTok, like, she's like 
uh, with them possibly talking to somebody that's going to catfish her and or end up taking her away from us somewhere yeah. it's a, yeah. it's a real threat considering you know we had to move away from our old neighborhood because the halfway house and the city would start letting pedophiles in even though they're within 100 yards of a, of a public park it's like we got to get out of here we had we had to move and so like granted we have firearms so like but it's like we still got to go we got to get out of this area because uh there could be one that one day that she's letting the dog out and we're up in the kitchen because like it was a it was a duplex and it's like you had to go down to the platform and we had the we had the the leash up at the door so this way she could click her and she'd run the dog would go do the bathroom and come back and we wouldn't and uh we wouldn't clean up the dog poop because it's like it would, it would actually it would if it was clean it would bring in the ruffians it'd bring in they'd actually break down cars it'd break down bikes so like because the halfway house and stuff like that and the landlord that bought the property wanted to get rid of them but the city said no you have to you have to deal with these ruffians so it's a really, it's a very dangerous thing. Now where I live, I have four cops that live in my area, stuff like that. And we're most everybody around here, like uh, when my landlord said when, when 2020 came around, you knew which ones were which party and stuff like that. And they said a lot of people that voted for the wrong person are no longer in the apartment complex. So we're all set. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Most of them don't have a job to pay for it. <laughs> That's very true considering how expensive it is. Even, even in Wisconsin for how how cheap we uh, the overall cost of living is but we live in you live in a if you live in a blue county you're going to struggle even as a married couple and it's like nowadays since the since divorce is so high it's like you got to really ingrained and teach your son how to be a husband you got to teach your mm-hmm. your uh daughter your haley's got to teach your, your daughter to be a wife because it's easy to teach your kids to be a parent but it's far harder than to be a by far getting married is, is far harder than being a parent. I'll tell you that right now. It's cause it's like you, you get a lot of things and a lot of words from the wise and trying to be trying to make each other laugh and be there for each other. And don't go to bed angry. Like all these things are real for, for a possibility. And like, and you, you can't go into being in the winter. It's like, it's like, do you want peace or do you want divorce? Right. And that I is a real a, thing. I was reading a, uh, National Geographic magazine a couple of years ago, and they were talking about the uh, like ethnicities of the world by like twenty. I think it was like twenty one fifty or something like that. Okay. And they said that the entire population of the world will be of Arabic descent by like twenty one fifty. Wow. And then it's the Arctic the the cut out in the magazine i wish i could find it i probably actually have it somewhere here at my house i've, I've collected national geographic since i was a kid my grandmother's just my grandmother started it and she still today pays the subscription and she just they get shipped to her house so she just puts them in the bags and brings them to my parents house and i'll every like every month i'll have like i don't know how many i think they pretty much send her like three a week or something she had a buttload of them but um <laughs> So, but it was saying that it was talking about the Muslim population. And they were talking about how many Muslims lived in each country or whatnot. And that's what was going to be the determining factor on the on the world or global population of ethnicity was gonna be Arabic. Because Because of the growth, because of the growth in the Muslim community. But they're also very extremely traditional. I mean they're they're hardcore yeah. Christian back in the 40s, but they are today and stuff like that. They are very traditional. They're they they but 
it's there's a good and bad on both spectrum of it, but that's what they really come down to. I don't know if you're familiar with Albert Pike. He was a Freemason, a 33rd Freemason. He predicted World War One, World War Two, and before he died uh, in, in Arkansas. But the Third World War will be a religious war between Judaism, Christians, and Muslims. I would not doubt it. Because it's like, I don't know if you... I don't history. think it's that far away. Because once their end starts getting their, like their nuclear deals done, so like they're enriching uranium as we speak. But why would you want the to first, do that? The first, to, the first thing they're going to... Right, but once the, the first thing they're going to do, and you already know, is they're going to they're gonna freaking carpet bomb one of those things over into Israel. They're just going to pull back up and punt. You know, like it, you know what's going to happen. They can't. It's like they can't help themselves. It's like, oh, I got a toy. Let me play with it. Like every time they get a rocket, they, push, they send them off, and it's just, it's it's going to be. It's going to be an asinine time to live in That's over the next really five to ten years. It's it, it'll it'll pass, but yeah, it's it, we could either we could uh, similar to World War Two, but it's. Or, or the bubonic plague and so like we could because I know they're working on 2025 Sears. It's S E R S, but I think it's just going to be their rebranding of long COVID and being able to create the the uh, ability to like a a shutoff switch. mRNAs is basically a programmable DNA, and they can program it to you're done. Your your button's been pushed. I 100% believe that COVID wasn't nothing but a test run to see what they could get out of it. Well, everything's been a test run since the '60s. Like they started with the the seatbelts, and they started with the helmets, and then they, then all of a sudden we 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 bent the knee and let them know that oh shit, we can actually get away with this because we have that many gullible people that we can turn because nobody wanted to stand up and fight. It's only stopped the spread for two weeks, and it went out for two years. So it's like they there was a test run to let them know that it, this will work because people are don't they fear what they don't know and they don't want to know what they fear. Cause it's yep. funny. Like when you start talking to somebody about all these things in the Utah, like, look, all this stuff, all this stuff is like, I'm a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a spoiler alert. Everything they're talking about now, I learned in 2020. It's just, now it's like trying to figure out which cryptocurrency I want to be part of. It's going to survive it. Cause now uh, stellar just got approved for some, uh, for their, their own, um, cryptocurrency blockchain type scenario too. And it's like, there's the big five, which would be stellar, uh, XLM. Or what are, there's a few other ones that are too Solana. Bitcoin, stuff like that too. But it's like, even though they may be digital, but it's like the World Economic Forum could shut that off. I mean, they, if they want to, they could stop everything because we have internet service providers and they could stop your access to your wallet. Well, that's like Van Pina said. If yeah. you knew who owned Bitcoin, you would sell it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He knows what's going on. It's like, even with it this- It makes you wonder, who does, who does own Bitcoin? Dan says it's it's the Russians that own it, and it's like you know, it's like yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty outspoken. He's pretty right. It's like when you develop a certain type of reputation, and and he 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 hits more than he misses. He's not that far far off and such. Right. The timeline of events. I mean, it tax out over the COVID. People were just making bukus on it, but people were holding it too. Hoping for it to rally again. Yeah, that's like I have a buddy of mine. Is that where Russia got most of their money at to fund this war that's going on in Ukraine? I don't know. Well, they, see, they don't have any uh, centralized banks. They're one of the few that the, the Rothschilds haven't been able to put a centralized bank in. Right, but with the, 
the blockchain doesn't require a centralized bank, correct? No, no, it doesn't. It's it's a, it's basically an open ledger, so everybody can review it. And stuff like that. So if we if the uh, the government ever went onto an open ledger, we would know exactly where all their money is going. But they don't want to do that because now we know what they're putting into DARPA and what they're putting into NIOSH and all that right. stuff. They don't want to. They they need to control that information because well, we've already know that they like like the Panama Papers that came out last year. Like they let us know where all the money's going where all the embezzlement's going nobody cares nobody's gonna do it nobody wants to stand up for it. everybody like you said you we're trapped by our mortgage we're trapped by our job we're trapped by our health insurance because it's like yeah that that too yeah because yeah. it's like your family live. you're not going to leave your family you're mm-hmm. not going to lose your job quit your job to go fight, fight for something that only only a quarter of the country would actually even join you to do if yeah. I th- i'd say it'd be less than a quarter of the country yeah, it'd be very. It'd be just like the if Civil you could War, get a million. Fought. Yeah, if you could get a million people to to be on the same side in today's world, it would be astronomical. Oh yeah. Well, what was it uh, during twenty twenty? There was a, a few rallies that are in North Carolina. They had eighteen thousand people that were well armed. Guess what? Not a shot was fired. They left yep. the place far more cleaner. So it's like you know, it's like we're not the problem. But then again, all the mass shootings we have are all suffer from mental health and registered blue. So it's like sounds like the only people got to take guns away are the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at Chicago. Oh yeah. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Look at Portland. Look at Portland. Yeah. Did you Portland. see where half of half of Washington State was wanting to jump over and tie into Idaho? Oh yeah. Same with Oregon too, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. But right now, the, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's a serial killer on loose that's going bouncing between. I-90 and I-35, there's a serial killer that's going after gay men and trans. So they're going after that, right? I think Austin is up to like 16 dead bodies. Chicago is up to 12 dead bodies. And like over almost uh, half a dozen people that were attempted to be mugged or be taken. I think uh, Wisconsin or Milwaukee is setting probably like around a dozen bodies. Minneapolis is anywhere between 15 to 20 bodies. So it's either a group of people or it's a, it's, it's just a, it's a, focus a focus group of people are going after these folks and it's like it's it is quite remarkable all what's going on about these these but we but there's we, there's always active serial killers that are going around so these just these are the ones that the news aren't covering because they need it they need to talk about bud light instead of talking about like hey we need to join this community and figure out what this is that especially like when we have all this high gang related problems like the problems in the community you know it's like you can't you can't stop the gang problem unless the community stops it you can't right. you can't, add, you can't rely on the government because this is working in their favor because now it's keeping all the problem in one area. Yep. Well, that's the biggest problem with Democrats. When race stops working, they have to throw in gender. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're, we're kind of, but they're also, we're at the end times of Lot and Moses too, where it's like when we, when we see the, 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 the revelation of all that stuff coming, it's like, we're in that time where we have the muddied water between this, this mental disorder that we got going on here. Yep. So it's crazy. It's, you know, Anything that they can do to create a puppet show, look over here while I'm working under the table. That's all it is, all the way around. I mean, look at what do you think people are going to be crying about now for the next month and a half? Tucker Carlson not being on Fox News. But they're not going to be talking about what are they not going to be paying attention to? Uh, Gisling Maxwell, and along with uh, the the collapse of the economy. Yeah. yeah, or the next thirty-five billion going to Ukraine that's going to be funneled back into through BlackRock and Vanguard, and then uh, 
Berkshire Hathaway, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, people are even talking about Bill Gates owning 350,000 acres. I mean, he's the biggest private non-farmer out there. But if, if you look at all the land he owns, it's all springs. The most, like most people don't know this, but Nebraska is the, one of the, has yeah, one of the biggest second or third biggest aquifers out there. And guess who owns most of Nebraska? Good old Bill and Melinda Gates. Well, you know who also has a whole bunch of land in Nebraska? Ted Turner? Yeah. In Missouri, Arkansas, and Nebraska, he owns Buku's. He's probably got more than Bill. I think it's just Bill has just been in the paper and stuff like that. Uh, we got our, our Dose After Dark podcast got pulled down because we we, we recovered an interview that the scout from over in Britain absolutely destroyed Bill Gates, called him a fraud, basically – not all those words, but he called basically called him a fraud, called him a thief, and uh, it's like you are no different to talk about psycho or uh, medicine than I am type scenario. I just called him out on. Yeah, YouTube didn't like that. The powers that be didn't like that. We got suspended for a week. Yep, yep, absolutely. You got too many people that think they're too important, and they're really not. Hundred percent. People don't know how to stay in their own lane, man. Dude, we've been we've been at this for two and a half hours. Is there anything that you want to cover before we uh, wrap this up and call this tonight? Because hmm, I don't know. Maybe this deer season. Check us out. www.nativescentllc.com. Farm Fresh Alabama Deer Pea. Collected the last thirty hours of the estrus cycle before artificially inseminated and shipped straight to your door on ice pack. How about that? There we go. That's a beautiful way to end it. So thank you, Zach. It's always fun to talk to you, man. I'm looking forward here in about 30 episodes or actually 29 episodes of sitting down between you, me, and Cody. But if I had the PTO or we had someplace where it's like we should beat up and just do it face to face. I think that's a great plan. Right? Yeah. I think I, it's, it's a great plan. Yeah. Anyways, well, you have yourself a good night. We'll talk off key here. And and everybody, thank you for tuning in on Facebook. Please go yeah. like, subscribe, follow. Make sure you go over to Zach's Native Sense Instagram, TikTok, and his uh, Facebook page. Drop a follow, drop a like, and help promote our businesses, man. We're all we're all in this together. And it's like you help us keep us promoting the good word. Yeah, absolutely. We're all on the same page here. We're all <laughs> We're all going to be leaning against each other in the end because ain't nobody coming to get us. Ain't no heroes out there no more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Batman ain't going to save us. It's all going to be us back to back. 100%, man. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Everybody have a great night. (laughs) 